Welcome everyone to another episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. I am Matt. I am Matt the Jobber. I am Kyle. I'm the Movie D Mechanic. I'm Jake. Yay. You always throw somebody off. <laughs> Yay. It's Jay. You're Matt the Jobber. I'm like how you like just probably learned that word today for me, didn't you, Kyle? <laughs> Who's Jay? Yeah. <laughs> Our uh, quick couch crunchers for absolute geek. I like that name. You had, you, that name should just stick. <laughs> should just be there. Jay's just full of. He's full of hate. He was hating on my hat. Hey, 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 I hate on my hat. Well, the pre-show. <clears throat> Once you explained to me that you were celebrating the release of uh, Paddington Two on 4K, then <laughs> that's, I'm all I'm all on board with that. <laughs> talk about that shit's awesome. I thought it was the complete uh, collector's edition of Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Or, I thought, or he's at least auditioning for the, the Gilligan's remake on uh, HBO Max <laughs> or HBO Peacock Max. or whatever one of these damn streaming services are going to do it. I want to be the millionaire. You want to be the millionaire? Are they doing a new Gilligan's Island? No. Thurston Howell the No, third. but we're going to do it right now. I think. <laughs> oh, Brian, my gosh. You guys see what just happened to Jay? He just got murdered. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian should be the skipper, and then uh, Sam can be the I can be Gilligan, be Gilligan, for sure. I'll bring the hat. Yeah. You want to be the millionaire or the professor, Kyle? I want to be the millionaire. Thurston Howell the third. There you go. Jay, Jay just got murdered. So <laughs> Jay, Jay, got Jay murdered. can be the professor. <laughs> he can be the one that, that can get you off the, the island by making a radio out of coconuts or something. Well, not anymore. He's he's, he's dead. dead. He's not doing shit. He's <laughs> not doing a goddamn thing. Nope. So what happens when you hit on the hat, man. He's uh he's just sitting there waiting to be resurrected again. But yeah. So welcome everyone. Yeah, who yeah. won that digital download from Nobody won the digital download I from did. last week. You didn't win shit. You can't I, win. I was the first you motherfucker can't win to run because it. you're on the I show. Think, I think I wrote Matt sucks. You, did I win? You and I can't think I was fucking first because you're on the show. And Matt sucks was never part of the deal. All right. I said it was I don't care what you said. I bounced between Matt's and you can be the one that's giving Matt, out yeah, then you can be the one that's giving Matt out the download. And Matt sucks. Then you're the one that's giving out the download because those aren't. I never agreed to Matt sucks as being anything. Ever. Well, somebody responded. Where's my so? Yeah, can't leave see, fans waiting. So that's all right if you want to back out of your own fucking game. You, there, like, there's no backing out of the game. We never agreed Matt to Matt sucks <laughs> being anything. Anytime it's Matt sucks, it's just the way it is. Yeah, no. Yet, not yet. Not so whatever. So okay, I'm gonna start the show off with this. So it's it. I got this box this week. Ooh, All I love said, unboxings. I know. Ooh. All I know is it just says Bolt as who it's from. Bolt, the little the uh, action star puppy. Is that what you're talking about? I think it's from listener Tim Bolt. He definitely is an action star, but I think it's in yeah. more male themed. So, I, just, I don't know what he sent me. I kept it closed because I figured it'd be funner to do an un, a box unveiling here. So I'm going to open it right now for everybody because I've been fucking waiting like since Monday to do this shit. And that's Boy, bad bad ass ass it's going to be a, it's gonna be a, like a, a 3D printed toy? pocket pussy. Some kind of sex toy? Fuck that's loud. 
Hey, fuck yeah! I got coupons to fries. Neat. <laughs> All the way from fucking wherever he's from. Okay, you guys ready? I found it. You guys ready? Ready? Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Don't fuck it out yet. Matt, you got to go full screen on this. I, I think it is full screen. I can't go any bigger. Oh, you can't go That's full screen. That's what on, yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can go full. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Let me get him. On Kyle, hold on. Um, Let's see. Fuck I, about I, you, don't open it yet, I just Kyle. removed him. Hold on. Can I go full screen on Kyle? I don't know how to do it. Keeps going to me. There we go. There we go. There we go. Now we got you ready? Yeah. It's blue. It's got a tail. What could it be? What could it be? It's a cockasaurus wreck. It is a cockasaurus wreck. That is fantastic. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh man, that is amazing. It's got scales on it. Does it got little arms? Little Cockasaurus Rex arms? No Cockasaurus Rex arms. Just oh, it should, it needs to have little arms. Yeah, it needs to have little arms. But it's got balls. Is those balls? <laughs> yeah. That's it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Look, it's got Damn, scales. I, I, hands down to you, my brother. Oh, my gosh. That it's is kind of fan a, fucking it's veiny. Oh, my God. Jeez. Keep that out of your mouth, man. If only I could 3D print Corbin's head on it. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Tim. That is the coolest thing. Oh, That's man. fantastic. Cheers, Cheers to you, my friend. That's that was uncomfortably close to your mouth, Kyle. <laughs> not chapstick jeez you should make it a chapstick <laughs> oh, oh god dude that Papa is so Rex. dude that needs to be for sale at the absolute geek store <laughs> people need to be able to buy the Cogasaurus Rex dude that's awesome that's fantastic. What a just don't wanna, I, It would suck to sit on it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's only one way to find out. <laughs> is, it anatom- is it anatomically correct? Did you send him measurements? I don't know if it's his or not. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'd hope so. I mean, why would he use somebody else's? <laughs> That's awesome. So, I like that he's got theme music for it too. And it just played around with it. You don't get this kind of entertainment on Couch Crunchers, Sam. No, that's that's for dang sure. We don't put that kind of thing on Couch Crunchers. Jay Jay left already. He was like, I can't handle this. So he bailed. He bailed. He's gone. Keep it on me. You got a dick on your shoulder. Jason Dudley in the chat says that's a solid three inches. <laughs> nah, I, I know. I should get my phone out and I should measure that's, that's it. That's a little bit bigger than three inches. <laughs> you know what three inches is, huh? Personal yeah. experience. Uh, trust me, I, I know what three inches looks like. Yeah. 
How, how are you measuring? You might be measuring wrong. Are you measuring nope, that's um, not good. shaft tip? Or are you measuring like balls to shaft? I'm measuring like or like, balls to tip. Like belly button oh, to no. tip. Okay. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. Okay. That's a, that's a new way to do it. <laughs> belly button to tip, huh? <laughs> my belly button hangs low. Or do you just like measure the bottom of your stomach and it comes to three inches and you can just still barely see the tip and you're like, there is three inches. <laughs> okay. Stomach Cockasaurus Rex. You weren't That's ready awesome. for that. And like if you go belly this way, it leans to, to the Jason left. says belly button to taint. <laughs> <laughs> what are you even part. measuring at that point? You're not measuring your dick. <laughs> trying to... Put it somewhere. Oh fuck! Where, where everybody can enjoy it the whole show. You can put it right in your ear, Kyle. <laughs> you got a dick in your ear. You gotta, you gotta show it off one more time, Kyle. Just everyone, let everyone get a good close up of. Wait, 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 wait! If you soak it in water, does it get bigger? <laughs> I love the detail with the balls, but I just wish it had the little arms. It just yeah, needs the little, little arms. arms. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> Michael Stout just said, just started watching. What the fuck is going on? So everybody that is tuned yeah, in. Re recap recently, for us. Awesome listener, Tim. 3D printed us this awesome Caucasaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just had to give him a big shout out. I feel like you need that it needs that like shitty uh Jurassic Park melodica cover behind it. Oh my god, it totally does. Have you heard the real shitty melodica one? Uh-uh. Oh dude, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have them walk by as you play it. Yeah, it it's got to. Yeah, it's so majestic. <laughs> we can tell you don't like this. Are you uncomfortable? Am I uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah. Are you talking to me? Yeah. Yes, I am quite uncomfortable. That is. <laughs> Hello, Sam. <laughs> nice to meet you. How are you doing today? I am Caucasaurus Rex. I'm so glad you got to be here for this. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you. And thank you. Did Jay know this was happening? Is that why he no, bailed? I don't know why Jay bailed. I mean, he just got murdered and just hasn't come back. <laughs> like, did you guys see the hand came in? Hand came in from the side, and suddenly the camera went <laughs> went dark. No, I and Jay was gone. It. He was dead. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna share my. I screen. really want to see Jay. Here. Where's Jay? At? Here, get ready, Kyle. All right, all right. Um, hold on, I gotta redo it because it's gotta let me include my audio here. Hold on a second. <laughs> I wish Jay was here. I really want to say hi to Jay. Awesome. <laughs> 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 there you go. 
Jason, <laughs> fuck this. I'm out of here. Yeah, he did. I thought I came on a goddamn comic book show. <laughs> ah, you came at it with a with a big old blue cock, huh? <laughs> he got murdered before before the the dinosaur came out. Yeah, that's true. He did. That's so funny. That's fantastic. <laughs> I can see you. What are you doing? <laughs> I think it's in my eye, man. Okay. It is in your eye. Uh, anybody, uh, anybody else got anything uh, you want to talk about before we start? Got, tonight? Have a great night, everybody. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's great, a great show. Way to stop it right there. Great show. <laughs> Wonderful great show. Way to stop it. Oh man, what a good time we had. Un- we had uncomfortable Sam. We yeah. have Kyle playing with a giant blue cock. Dude, I didn't realize that dog was all fucked up, dude. You just ruined my fucking week. What was it? <laughs> what was it? The dog is all fucked up, man. <laughs> like that dog had no neck, huh? Yeah. I got no neck. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was the gen- I always thought it was Jurassic Park melodic. I don't know what you're talking about. The dog, the dog was from the upside down. Up. He looked like best from Stranger Things. <laughs> the best part was you didn't have me walking it by. Yeah, it was the stupid a- dog video doing it. <laughs> with actually what everyone got to see. All right. Well, you were in the corner playing with it. <laughs> yeah, I think you forgot to even put it on screen. Oh, no. boy. We're going to be dealing with this all night. Yep. I mean, we can go for round two if you want to play. If you want to run it back. <laughs> here, here, look, watch. Listener Tim Bolt. No, not that. No, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Michael Stuff says I should be ashamed of bringing the term Cockasaurus Rex into your world, but I regret nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Max Max Rakotchko says, "Is that a Blue Man Group prop for the 18 plus show?" Absolutely. I just bummed that uh, Corbin's not here to enjoy this with us. Yes, because he is the spawn that created Michael Stout to say Cockasaurus Rex. <laughs> so fucking terrible, dude! Wow. Stupid. All right. Fantastic. All right. Well, we brought. Uh, Max, or Max, God damn it! We brought Sam in because he's been chomping at the bit. I know he's been chomping at the bit to talk anime on Couch Crunchers, but he never has anyone to talk about it. And it was just announced this week that um, uh, if you're a One Piece fan, the anime at One Piece, it is getting a live action uh, show on Netflix to go along with the Cowboy Bebop live action anime. So uh, why don't you go ahead and give our listeners who maybe don't know about One Piece? You're the you you said it yourself. You're the the resident One Piece guru. So Go ahead That's and right. run it down about One Piece and what what you're excited about for the TV show and what we should look forward to and maybe uh, if there's some episode arcs that you should check out before the series st- starts. Yeah, sure. So let's let's talk about One Piece. One Piece has been around since 1997 um, in comic form or as Japanese call it manga, um, and it was it's authored by Eiichiro Oda. Um, there's almost a thousand chapters of the manga. The anime has been running since 1999 and has over 900 uh, episodes of the of the anime. Um, there's also 14 anime movies, uh, kind of uh, different storylines, not part of the canon, but they're they're fun. Is nonetheless. this part of the storyline? There's nothing like okay. that in the storyline. Um, <laughs> and about three years ago, 
they announced that they were going to do a live action um, adaptation with a an American studio called Tomorrow Studios. Uh, these are the folks who are doing the Cowboy Bebop adaptation for Netflix. And honestly, the fandom has been kind of uh, lukewarm at best. Most of the, the folks' reactions is we that they don't want it because they're afraid that they're, it's going to turn out like Dragon Ball Evolution or the Oof. Death Note adaptation. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw the Death Note adaptation, but it, it missed the mark. It, it missed the mark by a long shot. Yeah, Death Note, the the anime and the manga were like a battle of wits between um, the main villain slash protagonist, uh, Light Yagami, and the and his antagonist slash detective, um, L, and the, the the movie never really got to that part. It was never really a battle of wits. It's more like Final Destination with just a dash of lover's quarrel and detective drama thrown in. It definitely missed the mark as far as the battle of wits was concerned. In fact, the detective, L, who was played by um, Lake Keith... Um, Oh, what's his last name? The 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 fella who's in all the movies this year, um, Lakey Stanfield. Is that what it is? Um, he played L, and um, he just was he was in it for like two minutes, maybe three minutes, and so the, obviously people are concerned. But let me tell you, I am why totally I, concerned. Let me tell you why I am excited about this project. One. The author of the manga is an executive producer on the show. Um, two, it's we've seen now an adaptation of Bleach uh, on Netflix, which was really good. A live action Bleach adaptation, which was really, really good. Um, and what they did well was they didn't try to do too much. Now, the, the One Piece adaptation is only going to cover the first 100 chapters God, um, first hundred chapters. <laughs> yeah, episodes I mean, do you think it's going to be seven thousand? Ten episodes. They've they've said it's ten episodes. They're going to cover a hundred chapters worth of content in ten episodes. Yeah, well, it'd be like four hours long. They're going to cut out a lot of stuff. Clearly, so I think it's going to be ten hours long. Clearly, which in the anime would be thirty episodes. Let's say thirty episodes. Um, which is about half of what it took them to cover the same material in the anime. So they're going to be cutting some stuff out. They're going to be streamlining the story by a lot. They're not cutting uh, this out. <laughs> you can never <laughs> cut that out. Goodness. You can't unsee that now. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm really excited about it. I think, I think the... So is he. There's so many things that have come out since the start of the anime that have informed a lot of the things that happened early in the anime. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they kind of pull those those later elements that came out in the last five, ten years and bringing them together with the stuff that we now know was, was present at the beginning of the story. Um, again... I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about this. Um, that the question is how heavy on special effects are they going to be? I mean, the, with the Witcher that just came out, they had a lot of a lot of special effects, but nothing like 
it's just so you know, the main character is is made of rubber, kind of like Mr. Fantastic, um, but in a more kind of action heavy and, uh, you know, Mr. Fantastic is kind of a goober. Let's be real. He's not he's not like a real cool dude. He doesn't fight. He's just what he's kind of a goober. Um, but Monkey D. Luffy, like he is he is Jay, Jay seems to be insulted by your comment. High action. You know what? Jay came Jay back in from being murdered. He does two fights. He came back in from being murdered to just be insulted. We thought you were dead, yeah. man. Anyway. All we saw was this hand come in and the camera cut to black. Anyway, continue, uh, Paddington, please. Don't let me stop you. Um, <laughs> he's just jealous of the hat, bro. Attention. You can cut it with a knife. Um, so with this. So there's a lot of there's a lot of division among the fandom. I think it's probably sixty percent or sixty five percent is skeptical, if not outright against this adaptation. And I think a, there's like a thirty five percent minority who is in favor of it. I'm one of the the optimistic ones. I think this is they're going to pull it off. I, um, what they need is the the original creator's involvement, which they have. And just gobs and gobs of cash, which they also have. This property is worth about $460 million. Um, and the author makes about $30 million per year. So I think they have the money if they need it. Um, I don't think this property is going anywhere. It's been around for over 20 years. And it's actually one of the, the uh, goodwill ambassadors for the 2020 Olympics. We're going to get a big... Uh, the whole world is going to get a peek at Monkey D. Luffy uh, come summertime. So I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about this and look forward to it. It's I, the longest running manga, right? Uh, that's still running, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting. Netflix is definitely jumping into the live action anime stuff pretty heavily. And because you've got not only this, but like I said, Cowboy Bebop and then. They're bringing a live-action Avatar, The Last Airbender, so they're kind of getting into that that live-action anime realm pretty heavily. So, what's the longest-running anime of all time? The longest-running anime of all time, it it um, I don't know about anime, but the longest-running manga was Kochi uh, was called <clears throat> Kochikame, um, and it was about a police station in Japan, uh, but it it wrapped up in 2016. See, they treat their 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 manga almost like soaps are out here, like daytime soap operas. Yeah. So when I say there's a, a thousand chapters, that's a thousand chapters of continuous story. Yep. They're not rehashing old plot lines. It's all new story with the same characters. So it's just continuous for twenty years. This guy has been writing new stories and drawing the pictures at the same time. So he writes and draws. Uh, for the for the series for the last twenty two years, I mean that's that's impressive. That's impressive, He's a busy guy. Yeah, um, no joke. I mean, they've they've done um, they've done like interviews about uh, his work schedule. He sleeps three hours a night, um, and then the rest of the time he's just drawing and finishing his manga and he's making thirty million dollars a year off of it. Thirty million a year. Um, he like once one week out of four, he will spend working on other One Piece related projects like this live action um, adaptation, like the the movie spinoff movies. 
I guess you can't call them spinoffs, but they're like, they're not part of the main storyline. So they're just, they're kind of like fun. What ifs. Um, and there's, you know, there's almost 15 of those. So I think uh, Netflix is wisely picking up the property and, and trying to make something out of it. It's, it's the best-selling manga worldwide. It sold uh, 460 million copies. Each one's 10 bucks. If you want to go down to your bookstore, I mean, I wouldn't go to a used bookstore because people who buy them don't give them, don't give them up. You won't find very many used copies of them. Um, I have behind me all 92 volumes uh, available in English. That's a bonus. So, yeah, you can go buy them. It's going to be kind of a, a big investment. Are they original? Are they original? These are the English ones. Oh, the English oh yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they're printed by Viz. So, according to the Google machine, uh, Sanzi-san is the longest-running Japanese animated series, um, and it's still currently running, and it's at 7,071 episodes. Jesus. <laughs> when did it start airing? Uh, let's see. Doesn't say when it started. That's like a new episode every day for the last 20 years. Oh my God. Yeah, that's. How many <laughs> episodes? 7,071. Jesus. It's time to put that motherfucker to bed. I was about to say. <laughs> <sighs> Sesame Fuck, Street man. didn't even last that long. Jesus Christ! Fuck. Sesame Street still going. Sesame Street still going. HBO oh. HBO owns it now, and they produce new episodes. Um, but they're only half hour. Are they on uh, public access? Uh, they are. They get first airing rights on HBO, and then they they air the reruns on PBS. Fucking reruns. Do they actually air them on HBO? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. On the HBO children or whatever it is so it started airing on tv in 1969 69 dude 1969 <laughs> started airing on tv yeah that's that's yeah that's 40 years um it originally started in newspapers at a comic strip in 1946 they can't be very long episodes are they doing them every day? They're about three and a half minutes. <laughs> they do have some shorts that says here too. Um, I got so. some shorts too. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's pretty interesting. I knew. Um, like I is said, it Matt? It is. It is. is. It well, I like that they're bringing. They're finally giving you live action stuff like from animes that are hopefully going to be good. Being done by. Need to go back and fix Death Note. Well, they just need to give us a real, uh, a good death note, and they don't need to fix that one. Not a bunch of garbage. Yeah, stick truer to the the manga than, or even the anime than they did with that one. The only thing that worries me about about the the One Piece is, like you said, the special effects and how they're going to do and display Luffy's stretchability and and his powers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, in the. In the episodes that they're, or the uh, the story arcs that they're intending to cover, there are Luffy is is the biggest issue, but then there's other elements like they have these fishman pirates who are uh, 
you know, they're like half human, half fish, but not in a mermaid way. It's like, it's like a, a, a man, a, a tall man who has like a shark, like shark elements on his face or, or a tall guy who has octopus arms, but it, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, the Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean series. They kind of have that kind of feel to them. Um, so that's another effects heavy portion of that particular uh, story arc that they'd be covering. Um, there's a guy who kind of turns into smoke during that. Uh, that's what story. Brian usually does about halfway through the show. I to say. <laughs> <laughs> you see my eyes light up like, whoa. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, it, it's the the stretchy arms, the he also can like balloon up his body um, like a puffer fish. So th those are the two things that I'm kind of, that everyone's kind of worried about. They just want to make sure it's done um, in a way that isn't hokey. Um, I mean, it's meant to be entertaining in a, in a funny way, but it's also, also adds to the action. I was just about to say a lot of the manga or the anime is kind of hokey to be funny. So it's hard not to, play that off in the live action right yeah i think the the real challenge is that one piece is is coming from japan which has different cultural taboos than what we have and the types of things that they find funny are not necessarily the same things that we find funny um and the other thing i, I i'm really concerned about is is kind of what i saw in the death note movie and if you think about the manga or the anime Light Yagami didn't really develop as a character. He had this one idea and he just kind of pursued it until he died. Spoiler alert. Um, and that's kind of the same deal with Luffy is that he doesn't, he doesn't really change as an individual. He just, he has this one goal and he pursues it and he's going to pursue it until he dies. Um, and that's not really character development as much as it is like a, a story feature I mean, the other characters kind of change around him. That's that's kind of the thing with One Piece, is that Luffy is a steady constant, and everyone else kind of changes around him. Um, that's what kind of what Cowboy Bebop, or uh, yeah, Cowboy Bebop kind of felt like. Yeah. Like, you have, you have those steady characters, and everything's kind of changing around them. Yeah. Uh, it also kind of reminds me of the, the latest um, Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks, you know, he's not even the main character because he doesn't change at all. He's already who he is, um, and it's everybody else who's kind of changing around him. So that's something that I hope they also do. I don't want to see a Monkey D. Luffy that's that's doubting himself. I don't want to see him, you know, worried about if he's going to make it through the next fight. I just want to see him get in there and just bloody knuckles, yeah, take out Caucasaurus Rex and just blast them all to hell. You know, that's what I – that's what I think everybody's looking for. I wanted to touch that's on something fine. real quick because Jay, but Jay left. And you want to touch on this? There, Jay, Jay's oh. back. Welcome back, Jay. Did you? I'm glad you're you're back. Um, you seemed like physically pained and, and almost insulted that he he kind of dissed uh, Mr. Fantastic there. You're muted, buddy. Sorry, my mic's not like no, no. Uh, I, I just heard. I just heard the very. T I was just joking. The very. Uh, and part about saying Mr. Fantastic doesn't fight. Mr. Fantastic gets in some scraps. 
Yeah, I think what I I think what I was trying to convey is that Mr. Fantastic is a goober. He's a nerd. Oh man. Um he doesn't well, know what he kind of is. Yeah. Well, that's a great segue into uh, one of our other topics here. So it's come out today that uh, Marvel has been in talks with Emily Blunt uh, about doing a movie. So are we gonna are we gonna get Sue Storm? Is she gonna be Sue Storm, and her husband gonna be Mister Fantastic? Or uh, what do you what do you guys think of this? Do you think anything comes out of it, or do you think they're doing it just to kind of appease appease fans? I mean, with all of the with all the false starts that they've that Disney's been doing lately, I mean, I I don't want to put too much stock in it, but I, I feel like uh, the comics recently started redrawing Mister Fantastic to look like John Krasinski. Um, so I I think the I think everybody's seeing the same thing, which is that the fan cast that actually works, which is that John Krasinski and Emily Blunt could play Mister Fantastic and Sue Storm. Uh, I don't know that it's a little too famous to be in a Marvel movie. Who? Either one of them? Yeah, shouldn't they be like more no-name actors? Isn't that Mm. how good Marvel movies are made? That is how good Marvel movies are made. No-name actors. That's true. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Just putting that out there. Just like Owen Wilson. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Kyle brings up I think another. He's too big to be in a Marvel movie. He's not going to be in a movie though. He's going to be in the the TV show. He's in a, it doesn't matter. Wow. Marvel property. Wow. Too famous. Wow. John Wayne, that's a terrible cowboy name. My nose is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> wow. What TV Loki, show? You're th- he's going to be in Loki. He's going to be in Loki. Uh, he was cast today as to be in Loki. Wow, Loki. That's a nice staff. <laughs> <laughs> My nose is fucked up. Wow. Wow. That's a nice blue cock there you got there, Kyle. Wow. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so you don't think Owen Wilson, uh, you don't think he should be in Loki, Kyle? Nope. Too famous. I agree. I think that the TV shit should be really... Tame. No name actors. No name actors. Yeah. Yeah, but has Owen Wilson really done anything lately? He's not really doing anything right now. He's always doing something. He's a busy guy. I think his star his stars more on the decline <laughs> he's than on the rise. He's a busy guy because he's fucking busy. He's a busy guy because he's fucking busy. That's right. Yes, sir. Yeah. I thought Bill Burr was pretty cool in Mandalorian. Yeah, but that was just because he was buddies with what's his name. Like that wasn't like them going out and going, "We need Bill Burr." Oh yeah, no, but I mean, it didn't like. I don't know. I mean, are you are you saying like like the fame will like take you out of the story kind of thing? Like, well, no, I, we've we've had a big debate, and I know you listen to the show, but I'll, I'll forgive this one. Not. I'll, I'll forgive this one. Uh, we had a big debate, me, him, and Corbin, on an episode about uh, no-name actors and how Marvel basically rose to to fame doing it with no-name actors as to where DC is going after the big money blockbuster oh, yeah. talent to to get people in. So um, now Kyle, that's Kyle's go-to is is no-name actors. Marvel's got always these no-name actors. No, you're the one who said they always have to use. <laughs> no, I know, actors. but every time, just, every time we bring it up with Marvel, now it's no name actors. They got to be no name. I am just backing <laughs> up what you say now. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, well, okay. So, so no, yeah. No, Robert yeah. Downey oh, Jr., Chris Evans. Yeah, but Robert Downey Jr. was on the outskis when they gave him Iron Man. That dude was one one uh, uh, rehab away from freaking you know death. Well, he was already yeah. He was he was disgraced a long time. Same with Mickey Rourke and yeah. Mickey Rourke came back with as Whiplash and then the wrestler, and those both did fantastic for his career. Yep. So. But you look at guys like Chris Evans, who was typecast into doing those stupid parody teen movies, like not another teen movie. And the dude that plays Thor, he wasn't a very big actor. That is true. He was he was on the rise in Australia, but he certainly wasn't the worldwide name he is now. Was Tom yeah. Holland anything special before he was Peter Parker? Nope. No, no, so. So the only but other Chadwick Boseman. He wasn't very big. He just did uh, Brie Larson. Well, Brie Larson—that's Brie Larson was because she did she did a lot of movies. She was more notable for the for Room before she ever joined. Did she win an Oscar or something? Yeah, for Room. Yeah, yeah. for Room. Make sure you don't confuse it with the Room. Oh hi, Mark. (laughs) I love the Room. It's a fantastic movie. (laughs) But I don't know. I just, I'll stick by it till the day, till the end. That I think Marvel was was good. Went with no name actors and built built their careers versus DC, who went after people like Will Smith and and uh, try to make blockbusters with top talent. Well, I mean, the other issue is is probably that because DC went spent so much money on their actors, they couldn't afford good writers. And that's that's really the issue is that the D Suicide Squad is a great example of what happens when you have terrible writing. Uh, but but saving grace on that point though, Birds of Prey is is getting very good reviews so far. Ooh, it looks like yeah, I'm excited to see dog it. shit. You think you think it looks bad, Kyle? Yeah, it looks like dog shit. I think after the last trailer, it looks a lot better. I think the the most more recent trailer that came out where you actually see I don't, like, the, I don't stuff. like She's going to be breaking the fourth wall the whole time. It's, I like that. You do? I like I that. She she does that. That's like, coming from a guy who's a Deadpool fan. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, no. He's saying, he's saying that's Deadpool's thing. Nobody else can use it. Is that what you're saying? That. No, sir. That's an incorrect statement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, that's, what, so why, what about that doesn't do it for you then if, it, if it's the breaking the fourth wall? I don't, it just looks cheesy to me. It just looks stupid. The movie looks cheesy and stupid to me. I think she's breaking it in the in the trailer. I don't I don't necessarily know if it'll be like that throughout the entire movie. Hmm. We're gonna find out. Well, I, I'll find out when it comes out on Redbox. <laughs> oh, come on, you don't want to you don't want to go find out in theater and have some guy gently caress your. No, leg. no, I'm good with that. You're good. Yeah. When it comes out on FX on like Sunday night, no, yeah, you can't bring no. you can't bring your little sex toy with you to the theater, Kyle. Oh, no, don't tempt him. Well, please, he'll take it with him. <laughs> you need to get a. You need to have him make you another one that has a loop on it, so you can put it on a chain and you can just <laughs> wear it around with you. I can be Coxsaurus Rex chain, and I'll be a rapper. There you go. Yo, motherfuckers, it's Coxsaurus Rex, man. What the fuck up? <laughs> Fucking nailed it. There you go. <laughs> but Kobe. So let me ask you this. Movie mechanic Sam. Yeah. Bill Gibson, Danny Glover, 
coming back for Lethal Weapon 5. Are you excited for this? Not excited? Are they too old? You know, there there is something to be said for like the old timers going out for one last one last hurrah. But I think I, it feels like it feels like they did that already. They in this did. Series. Yeah. Yeah, it's called um, Expendables. <laughs> <laughs> now, I like the Expendables. I thought uh, all those all those really hammy moments like in Expendables 2 where uh, Chuck Norris shows up as and he's t- he's referring to himself as like Lone Wolf McQuaid all the time and and he takes out the whole division by himself. I mean, those those hammy moments are just like they're not just nods to their careers, but they're also nods to kind of the lore around these actors. And that, that can be really fun. Um, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover. I mean, Danny Glover is pretty old. I mean, you know what they should, they should base this movie on there. It's like the week before retirement. I mean, they are old. Enough. They're both old enough. Well, Danny well, Glover it, definitely yeah, is old Wasn't that the whole retired. plot of the first movie that they've yeah, been the trying twice, to retire right? since the beginning? Mm-hmm. Like, like he's not, he's not being coming out of retirement. He's coming out of a retirement home. Um, It'd be funny if they were they were uh, they were old folks home security guards. <laughs> <laughs> they're Wal- they to, <laughs> they're Walmart security. So what they had to do is when it's Jello Day on Tuesday nights, Martha stole my Jello. No, get too old. So they're Give abusive to old people. So they're, they're too old. So they're cops in an old folks home who beat the shit out of old people. Yes. Because they're old too. <laughs> and steal their pills. Medicine yeah. line. They just <laughs> they're both drug addicts. <laughs> Medicine line. They just start smacking the shit out of everyone and taking their pills. Marthy Bates got your show. Betty Ann's got that good pill that makes me hallucinate. All right, Mel. I'm going to go for a walk. Danny Glover. Danny Glover is seventy-three years old. I think you make the Expendables like nineteen, and you get Danny Glover, Mel Gibson, and Dog the Bounty Hunter. Danny Glover is seventy-three. Mel Gibson is sixty-four. Mel Gibson wasn't that good on Expendables. Like he was, you could tell he was a little too old for that. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a scene in this movie where he just just leaves a, a racist rant voicemail. On some woman's <laughs> phone, <laughs> like it's just got to be sh- so true to Mel Gibson's life to work. Yeah, I, I just, um, I actually had a a story that centered around old ladies with super like Herculean strength that I wrote. Uh, the Golden Girls. Fun. It's the Golden Girls spinoff. Yeah, it's kind of like the Golden Girls, but with like with like super strength. Ninety-six year old uh, Betty White can deadlift a thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the idea, um, but I don't know. I don't know how this works with Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. I mean, they it doesn't. It doesn't work. Mm-mm. I I think there's going to be a lot of old old people jokes. There's going to be some fart jokes. You know, um, erectile dysfunction jokes. It's going to be, be a lot of things. It's like going to be in smell-o-vision, and the theater just smells like Ben Gay. <laughs> mothballs, Gay, mothballs, and peed pants. Oh, I've been too old for this shit for twenty years. Yeah, this movie's in smell-o-vision, complete with <laughs> old folks' retirement <laughs> home smell. Not at all, Jerry Toll. 
So Ben Gay's the real seller there. I don't know that there's a compelling story. It seems like they're probably going to have to rehash the last Lethal Weapon movie, which was about them calling it quits. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. It just seems like it's a cash grab. If you're asking oh, me, no, no. <laughs> well, oh man, I didn't even think about that. What it being a cash grab? He's <laughs> he's using his yeah. That's the symbol for sarcasm, right? <laughs> yeah, the blue cockasaurus rex. <laughs> the blue cockasaurus rex of sarcasm, sarcasm. <laughs> well, speaking of cash grabs, um, so Disney's announced that there's a uh, a Mighty Ducks remake in the works, and uh, they just announced that Emilio Estevez is signing on to to come back and play Gordon Bombay. So talk about trying to rejuvenate your career. Mm. And, uh, I think it would be better if they were all smoking crystal meth and breaking into people's houses. That's what really happened. <laughs> so it follows Goldberg, the Goldberg stories. The, Goldberg all, all, the whole team, they're all just – Bunch of meth still, addicts. They, they could never get over the high of, of being the Mighty Ducks. So now they all are just behind the Circle K dumpsters smoking meth, and they break into <laughs> houses to feed their addiction. Shit went south for him after they they won the Junior Goodwill Games. And then, <laughs> and what Bombay know. comes in to do is he comes in to be like intervention. No, no, he, he's gonna he's gonna help them do it better. Yeah, he's gonna help them break into a higher class of houses. He's gonna be like that. That's great that you guys are smoking meth and breaking into houses, but if you try black tar heroin, yeah, only gonna, rookies smoke. Yeah, it. He's gonna kick it up a notch to the pro level. He need to shoot that shit. <laughs> Get that pro level <laughs> drug addiction going. That's what should happen. Goldberg look does now. look fucking awful. I agree with you, Chad. It do, he doesn't even look like the same person anymore. It's because like, he's not. He's got about thirty <laughs> years of, hair, of of meth and heroin. Abuse. That guy. That guy has been living hard. He has yeah. been living hard. Living that. Good I feel life. bad for that dude, man. Could you imagine how shitty that is? Yeah, like he went everybody to calling him Goldberg, and he's fucking sucking dick for meth. It's just not this one. <laughs> <laughs> that one's all yours, Cal. Yeah. Uh, this should totally be an intervention for Goldberg. Yes, <laughs> well, just just get Chris Hansen out of it. Just sit down, sit, sit, sit down. Let's talk to you about your meth use. Hi there. I'm Chris Hansen. You, you, break it into the house. Come here. <laughs> yeah, you come here. Come, come have a seat over here. So you're breaking <laughs> into this house, huh? How far that dude's career has fallen to? Who? Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen. <laughs> Who's Chris Hansen? You don't know who Chris Hansen is? He's the no. dude from the Catch a Predator. Catch a Predator. Now he's announcing uh, the blue plate specials at your local Denny's. Like nobody wants him, so he went and created his own YouTube channel now where he chases predators. Really? Yeah. No way. Did yeah. he get in trouble for something or? No, I just. No, it's just that it fell out of yeah. the zeitgeist. I, I vaguely remember maybe there was some scandal involving him and he kind of just fell to the wayside. He was smoking meth and breaking into houses. <laughs> With Goldberg, it was a party. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the quack attack is back, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go but Golden Gordon Bombay just is he he's a he's a hallucination he has when Goldberg smokes up and he just shows up and <laughs> yeah, it's like he, Veronica Mars. Yeah, he just shows up and disapproving, <laughs> disapprovingly yeah. looks over him as he's passed out. <laughs> Matt, he's not passed out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You're I've never smoked man. Why don't you tell me what it does, Kyle? <laughs> I'm just saying you don't go everyone knows you don't go to sleep on meth. That is you don't go to sleep on Coke. Sand thing. They're both amphetamines. I don't I don't know about meth, so I don't I personally oh. don't smoke it. So if I did, I'd probably be about like two hundred pounds lighter. <laughs> Not necessarily the the most overweight dude I've ever known, ever seen in my entire life with my own two eyes, was the biggest meth addict I'd ever known. Really? Yeah. Well, there goes my diet. Yeah, you get to a point where you, you just it you you have to have it every day just to you know what I mean, and it becomes normal. Oh yeah. Hmm. Uh, the, this the dude whole... was so overweight that, and I felt bad for him because he was both, you know, he was he was so big that he would lay on the ground. So high. He would lay on the ground on his chest, and he would rest his head on his fat from his chest. And look up. It was weird. Hmm. Dude. Look up at the stars. Like at the TV, <laughs> you lay on the ground, and you know how, like when you're like when you're on the ground on your chest, you're looking straight down, but all the fat from his chest would push up, and he'd put his chin on it. So you almost look like a walrus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tuskless like, walrus. Yeah, and it was it, and it was like meth pipe next to him. You know what I mean? That type of shit. This dude was probably eight, seven hundred pounds. Well, I mean, if he wasn't on meth, he might have been nine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Ch- Chad you know, he mm. says, I bet he had some crazy meth sweats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, gangster. You, you know who else loves meth freaks. is the... Uh, that you know motherfucker who else probably meth? farted rocks. Who also loves meth rocks. Meth half of <laughs> Arizona. Yeah. You know who else loves meth is the North Koreans. They... They give meth. Um, they give meth like they were offering tea to their, to their soldiers. A bad yeah, so you, name, bad name. Like you come in, you come into their house, and instead of offering you tea, they offer you crystal meth. That'd be fucking pretty crazy. They're not a party. The Tim, whole country. Tim says, "Are you guys reviewing Tusk?" Yep. Exactly <laughs> <laughs> what's going on. We're reviewing Kevin Smith's Tusk. They, bring, they come in. They. They give you some meth, and they always all clean the house together. Yep, so it's no yeah. longer um, it's no longer a man who who gets turned into a walrus. It's just a fat meth addict who just unbeknownst becomes a walrus because he's so <laughs> <laughs> It just naturally <laughs> happened. How you doing? That's a, good, <laughs> that's a good representation of it, Kyle. All right, so let's get. Did you guys read any good books this week? Uh, I mm. haven't. Um, let, me ask you, up. let me ask you this: What's uh, what's really this, Matt? Yeah, well, really, this. This is becoming a segment where I ask Brian this every week. What's um the new the new issue of Thor doing to the, the speculation market? So the speculation market has kind of it hasn't died down on Thor, um, because the hottest land right now is a Thor cover. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's the, um, 
Shut that damn dog up. I know. It, my dog is going nuts. It's the um, that new th- cover. I think it's called Tarot. Is that what it is? New comic. It's called Tarot, and it's got the uh, cover of Thor versus um, Hulk on it. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Yeah. So let me go ahead and do this. Da, 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 da. I'm glad you guys are asking this because uh, let's see here. I just got done doing it. Sorry about this, guys. All right. So the basically, let's. I'll give you guys these. So the number, the the top books. Basically, let's let's just. I'll just go through a quick rundown. Here we go. So here's the the number one book in the land. I'm glad you you brought this up, Matt. It is. Uh, I'm sharing my screen. If you want to go ahead and throw it up there, Matt. This is that uh, Avengers Defenders Tarot. It's the uh, Inhook Lee variant, um, which is just going crazy right now in the secondary market. Uh, I've seen a couple, like $100 sales left and right on this book. Um, so huh. that's that. Yeah, this is, a, this is a beautiful cover. I mean, anytime you see like Thor versus Hulk or Hulk versus Thing or Hulk versus basically anybody. It's a and a good artist. It's going to be a hot cover, especially if it's a ratio. We would be able to see it on the YouTube page a lot better if Matt's uh, mic wasn't muted and a big bar that says your mic is muted is a goddamn <laughs> fucking book. <laughs> Here, let's do this. All right, continue. There we go. All right, so this is uh, this is book number two. Um, read only memories i don't know uh is this a is this a, a, a anime type uh issue i don't know much about this maybe you guys do i don't i've never seen that before yeah so this is uh number two on the on the list this week this is i don't know much about it i don't know why uh yet of course this is um this was a hot last week this is the first appearance of uh darth revan the first full appearance and this book is just going nuclear um you know it's a 50 dollar book raw Brother, first appearance of Brother Voodoo is super hot uh, because of all the rumors. I think that uh, we're going to be obviously be seeing him soon. Uh, Conan the Barbarian is another hot is hot this week again. Uh, this hmm. is uh, I've never heard of this. Uh, Mimetic. Have you guys heard of this book? No. This no. is James Tinian, uh, a boom book. <laughs> what is so, this on the screen? What's that? Nothing. So, and, and then. This is that from that Picard. This Picard book is, is hot because it's a photo variant. For those of you guys who don't know, when it comes to Star Trek and Star, Star Wars stuff, for some reason, certain photo variant books just go through the roof. People love their photo variants when it comes to Star Wars and Star Trek. That's um, weird. Yeah, cool. yeah, so I, I don't know. Have you, any of you guys seen this show yet? I watched the first episode just because it was free on Amazon. I'm like, yeah, oh, let's check it out. It was so cheesy, man. The was acting, it really? Oh god, the acting was horrid. Uh, it just seemed so cheesy. It was really bad. Um, and I really like uh, uh, Patrick Stewart. He's a he's a really good actor. So I was just surprised how bad it was. So is it like close to like how the first few seasons of uh, Enterprise were? No, no, nothing like that, man. You you wish you're watching Enterprise, dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, it's that. I, I don't know. Maybe I just I, I watch Star Trek stuff differently because I'm I hate Star Trek so much. But I was always <laughs> a fan of John Luke Picard's that character. That character was a really good character, and um, 
my uncle was really into Star Trek when I was a kid. So I remember him, you know, he was always telling me, oh, you got to check out the Borg stuff. The Borg stuff is really dark. And I was like, Star Trek. But the Borg stuff is kind of cool, you know. It's really cool. So, yeah. So anyways, uh, book number eight is this um, Ice Cream Man variant. We all know that people just love homage covers. And this book is, is, is a $15 raw book right now. And I think it just came out. I was wondering why I've been seeing those like showing up on uh, the Facebook groups and stuff. Yeah, this is um, this is a Storenko uh, cover that they he did for like a. It's called Airboy. It was a. Um, I'm not sure if it's a newer book or an older book, but uh, this is a Storenko sketch cover that's getting a lot of love right now. So I don't know if it was new or not. Hmm. And then this is along with. Um, We've seen that Clone Wars number one, the image or the Dark Horse book. I mean, that book is is a hundred dollar raw. The variant goes for eight hundred dollars. Oh, um, that is tied with this book, which is kind of like a little pulp book um, that came out the same month. And this one's nice because you you also have um, how do you say your name, Matt? Ahsoka. 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 Uh, Ahsoka's on the cover and very prominent instead of just her back towards the, you know, the, the, the view, you actually get her up, up front and, you know, it's pretty cool. So that's a, that was rounded out the top 10. And then for, uh, this is a honorable mention. I don't know what's going on this with this book, but this is uh, from the new 52 run deadly homecoming. Um, this might have something to do with uh, something that's going on in the series right now. I don't know. Well, the, ser- had- the show just ended. The show, I was going to talk about that a little bit too. The show just came to an end. Um, okay. The final episode would just aired uh, the other night. Well, maybe that has something to do with it. Um, I don't know if that was the one of the last books or what, but this is one of the all time greatest uh, pre code horror covers. I mean, I, I put this is one of my top three all time favorite covers. Uh, almost impossible to find, yet alone in good grade. But uh, I just love that cover. I mean, I don't think you can get better than that cover when it comes to pre-code horror, in my opinion. I think that's probably my favorite pre-code horror cover. Um, it's just really hard to find. So any mm. of the Punch Comics books are hard to find, um, yet alone this one. This one is just – I mean, you, uh, it's very rare to see – a pre-code horror book have all the different suicide attempts in it. I mean, this guy's <laughs> getting stabbed in the back. He's getting shot. He's hanging him. He's got a guy hanging him and he's the artist. And I don't know. It's just a really cool book that you, I love uh, pre-code horror, pre-code crime, all that stuff. It, it's just, uh, it's really cool. And to think that this came out in the fifties and it looks, I mean, you could tell it's a fifties book, but l- when you get some of these pre-code horror books, that are super vibrant, like some of the stuff that Chuck got in his collection. I mean, Chuck has some super vibrant pre-code horror books. Um, unfortunately, the majority of the pre-code stuff he got is like falling apart, but he has some that's just so vibrant. And if you could imagine seeing something like this come out of that collection, this vibrant, I mean, you got a you got a five thousand dollar book on your hand, easy. So, um, yeah, that was uh, the top ten. Jay, nice. did you did you read Thor yet, Jay? Yeah. So in Thor number two, uh, that just didn't that just come out? Yeah, it came out Wednesday. Okay, no. no so no, I no, asked no. about that, Brian, because there's some speculation that it has it, it ties into like the destruction of the DC universe. Like supposedly Galactus does something to the DC universe. DC universe. Yeah. So really? there's, there's some crossover between to the DC universe. 
Really? And it, yeah, that's what that's what I've been hearing. It's a, it was a huge book. Like it was flying off the shelves this week. Oh crap! You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just thinking, like a few months ago, they each dropped like subtle little hints about the existence of each other's universe. Like there was this scene. Um, it might have been like the Heroes in Crisis or something where Booster Gold and, and Skeets were were talking and. Booster said something about um, something about Jarvis, and and Booster says, "Oh, wrong universe, Skeets." And then it was like the very end panel. And then DC did the same thing. Um, I think it was in it might have been in Iron Man where he was talking to Jarvis and he referenced something about Alfred. And I'm like, "Whoa, that's pretty cool." And it was like within a like a week or two of each other. And then, like, nothing else was said. I'm like, that's kind of bizarre because that doesn't really happen very often. But now, this Thor number two, you said it references something about that. That was a big thing that was going around. You know, is that it, it references the DC universe, either Galactus destroying it or it makes reference to the, <laughs> to the DC universe. Um, and wow. I know it was, it was flying off the shelves. I had to go to two different comic stores and they were all sold out of them. And finally, uh, Alex, shout out to Alex at Samurai pulled it out of his personal box and gave it to me um, to purchase because wow. I was looking for it. So, yeah, it's it's been selling like hotcakes. So what issue are they on? Issue number two? Issue number two, two yeah. yeah. And and what did, did you see the reference? I haven't, I haven't read it yet. So once I read it, I'll be able to talk more on it. That's why I was kind of hoping that you had a little bit more insight on it. But I haven't had a chance to sit down and read it yet. I'm looking at it. I'll see if I can. I find have it. it. I just haven't sat down to read to read it yet. Well, it does. It does. It has some weird stuff that you can tell in like the first couple pages might be what they're talking about, but I don't know. Without getting into it too much, I, I don't know. Um, but they have a little uh, first couple pages might might be it, but uh, you kind of looks like you might have to sit down and read it. Put it on the screen. Let's see it. Uh, yeah. I IGN did a <laughs> IGN did a. A write-up on it uh, on the 29th of January. What did they say? Well, it has the page uh, talking about um, this thing called the Black Winter, which is gobbling up. Yeah, uh, that's the, the uh, main villain that's take that took out Galactus. And they don't make a, a direct sense. They call it, they say... Um, that there's a sun god, a god of yeah. emerald light, a god of yep. dark, perhaps, a god yeah, of the ocean, go. of speed, of strength. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was talking about. So in the in the first couple of pages, you can see that the I don't know if you if if you want to share this, Matt, but you can see that the everything's kind of fading away like it does in Avengers. And here yeah, you can the daily planet, right? And then you can see Superman flying by. And then you can see here's Flash, here's Green Flash Lantern, Green Lantern. Sun God, a God of Emerald Light, a God of and Dark. And you also have you also have a shadow that's Batman yeah. right there. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's oh. pretty interesting. This universe, like so many before it, is protected by leagues of gods. That's kind of cool. Many of them powerful as those you have always known in Marvel. That and all of them united, powered beyond imagination by the belief of the faithful will not be enough. And it just shows a hand just crushing it. That's kind of cool. So interesting. Thor number two. Thor number two, yep. Huh. 
So well, you know, there's your boy re- Donnie Cates doing big things. Yeah, my favorite. Um, <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? God damn it! Uh, you brought up Donnie Cates, and just everything just ends every time I hear that. Uh, <laughs> my world stops. Um, they've been talking for a while about doing uh, a new, you know, type of cross you know, pub- publisher thing like they did with uh, Avengers versus X-Men or whatever, Marvel versus DC back they did back in the day. And there's been rumors of that for, I know for about a year now uh, where you can kind of keep people talking about it and <clears throat> saying that it could happen again. And, and maybe that's what we're seeing. That would be cool. Hmm. Interesting. I don't, I don't like gimmicks like that, but you know, you never know. It's, it's yeah. totally obvious. It's Superman though. I mean, Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's beyond obvious. Like you literally see him. Like they they go as far as just drawing him. It's unreal. So I'm a, I'm I'm interested to see what the deal with that uh, Green Lantern book is, or not Green Lantern, but Green Arrow book is. Because like I said, oh, I can tell you that. Yeah. So basically, they're saying uh, they're saying because of from whatever spoilers there are, John Diggle's a big thing now. So Did he is he is over now Green a Green Lantern. Oh, he's a Green Lantern, huh? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That happened in the series finale. Spoiler alert. Oh, I don't watch that anyway. So. <laughs> but yeah, he becomes a he becomes a Green Lantern in in uh, the final episode of Arrow. So it's, it's been hinted uh, at for cool. seasons, though. Uh, Green Arrow number twenty four is his first appearance in continuity, but his actual first is Arrow number one. Oh, for John Diggle. Yeah. Interesting. Isn't it? it is. yeah, so that's a, that's a ten to fifteen dollar book right now. Because no, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, because Arrow ended. It was it was a good ending. Oh, yeah. And as as they're showing the final scene, Diggle says that he's going to move to Metropolis uh, because now crisis has happened. Like Star City, there's no crime in Star City, so he took a job in Metropolis and he's loading up his van to move to Metropolis. And a meteor crashes in front of him and basically blows him back into the van. And he walks up to the meteor and picks up a box and opens it, and then a giant green light flash or like shines on its face. And oh, wow. and in the previous crossover last year, the monitor makes reference to him and says, "He says, you know, John Diggle, I'm not used to seeing you without your ring." So, so he's he's going to be a he's a Green Lantern now, hmm. which so makes the, me wonder if he's going to be the Green Lantern that's going to be featured in one of the Green Lanterns featured in the HBO Max series. No, why? Well, I don't think that we'd give that actor that big of a role. He's not a good actor. I don't yeah. know. So, Matt, did you see what was number two? I didn't. So, number two. Let me share share the screen just so I can show you. I figured you'd like this. I just was looking to see what what it, what was the reason this was so hot. Read only memories. Yep. So uh, the reason why it's hot isn't because of Cena Grace, but I figured you would like that. Um, but uh, it's hot because of the Peach Momoko cover. She is just, I mean, everything that that, that artist has put out has been on the top 10 list. Her books are just going crazy. She's got a, uh, I'm thinking it's a chick. I hope, I hope I'm right on that. Um, that she, she's got Peach Momoko. I don't know. Maybe. Um <laughs> <laughs> Momo means peach, so it's yeah. peach peachy. There you go. Uh, so the um, 
she's got a, a cover coming out from the new Miss Marvel book that's uh, everybody's saying is going to be super hot next week. So interesting. But there's your boy Cena Grace getting some love on the on the hot ten. Good. He needs he needs more of it. Yep. He needs more work. I'm trying to find a picture of Peach Momoko, but no, yeah. I'm getting us the the covers. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. No, 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 no yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about the no yeah after the show. Cause there's a good story behind that. No yeah. But um I'm sure it's not. I know it, it really is. You'll get a kick out of it. I'm just not going to tell it on here because I'm not going to implicate myself. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to see, like I said, what the, what that Thor book was going to do to to the market, or if it was even in the, anyone's radar with the the DC stuff. Because I kind of thought it was cool how that was flying under the radar a little bit. Dude, take a look at how beautiful this cover is. I, I don't know if it's a cover or what, but this is some Peach Momoko work. Look at that. That is freaking amazing. Yeah, she's got a cover to Fallen Angels coming out, it looks like. Um, there's one for her. Silver Surfer Is that Black. like Red Riding Hood? Silver yeah. Surfer Black number four. Doctor Strange. And of course... She did the, that, that really cool Gwen Stacy one. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Interesting. Hmm. Her, her art is pretty dope. Um, so going into a story that we covered last week about Penis Man... Fitting, fitting with Kyle's little toy. Uh, we had a graffiti artist going around Tempe tagging Penis Man on everything. Well, he got arrested. And they came to his house with the SWAT team. <laughs> like There was like a hundred officers yeah. who were there. So, is that a little excessive for, for a dude who's <clears throat> just tagging Penis Man? Yeah, it's just I a graffiti guy. And, they then didn't admitted, need... and then he admitted that he's he's just a copycat. A copycat. <laughs> so the original penis man is still out there. He's still at large. Fuck. All we did was arrest this mid-30-year-old man who's copying somebody else. They... It sucks. He probably drives like a 97 Toyota Corolla. They yeah. treated him like public enemy number one. And, you know, I'll tell you the reason they do this. It's the same reason Dog the Bounty Hunter goes after DUI uh bail skippers it's because they're not dangerous they can they can show up there there's no weapons no one's going to be shooting at them so they get to look cool they get to look tough but there's no threat to them that's that's why the whole squad showed up for this is because there's a lot of publicity and very low danger we're getting demands for the no yes story i'm not telling the no yes story i'm sorry it's not happening. <laughs> you've already brought it up it, it's fine but it's not happening Maybe if we get 200 subscribers tonight, I'll tell them. Oh, God. I'm not implicating myself because I'm not showing up to work Monday morning and, and fucking having to face consequences. Nobody from your work is watching. You don't know. I do know. You don't know. I know all 15 people that are in this chat right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 yeah. So he shows up with with a SWAT team for someone who's not threatening. Like that just seems like a waste of taxpayer money to me and overkill. Yeah, for sure. Or do just writing it's penis just, man on things. They it's don't just, know. They don't know if he's threatening or not. Yeah, they do. That's why they all showed up. I, I made, they made him clean the damn graffiti off. Like they could have gone up and just knocked on his door politely and said, "Hey, are you the guy?" And arrested him. 
they didn't need to show up with the SWAT. There was no, there was no threat. There's no, not even a hint of a threat. What's he going to do? Spray them or mark, you know, get out his Sharpie and write on their badge. Get real. That's just cops being dicks. Uh, Yeah. Penis man. Or penis men. Penis men. (laughs) Kyle's a penis man. Not even listening. (laughs) (laughs) Not even listening to to show a little blue cock off. Uh, Yeah. I think he got lost in his whiskey over there. (laughs) You were correct, Kyle. You just nailed it on the head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's not that good of a story. You told me that story. no, 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 no. It's a fantastic story. When did I tell you that story? So this is what you do. Tell a story, and every time you want to say smoked or ate edibles, just say ordinary. Oh, no, dude. No, 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 no. Fuck it. (laughs) So, yeah, I was. Like, fucking here. (laughs) They're still sitting on my desk. I was eating eating these during the show, okay? So I ate one, whole one, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling a thing. So I ate another it's half number of one. one. Yeah. Right. So I ate another half of one. And as you guys remember, Kellen came into the show as we were recording, right? Yeah. So he handed me a piece of pizza. I ate the piece of pizza. By the time the show was over, I was fucked. <laughs> so when I started saying no, yeah, that's when that's when it started. But by the time the show was over, I was fucked. Like, it was like, I was talking to, I was sitting in the living room talking to Kellen and it was like, I would, we were having a coherent conversation and then it felt like a dream. So I was like snapping in and out of reality. I spent, I got so high. I spent the night on the fucking bathroom floor. I threw up. I, he said I demolished like 20 chicken wings in about five minutes. (laughs) And I got so high that I threw up and I slept on the bathroom floor. Like I was so high, I couldn't move my body. I couldn't do anything. So that that's what—that's what yeah, no was. That's pretty bad. Was was me fucking up with edibles? So the first rule that I tell everybody <laughs> that I know when it comes to edibles is take just a little bit. And when you think that you might want to take more because it's not kicking in, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and you remember that first time that we were on. Our, the first time we came on Absolute, we were doing the, I think we were doing the 90s episode. Wasn't it? What? When Brian ate too many edibles? No, we came on to interview you and Brian when you guys were selling comic books and you had your eBay store. And Brian got fucked on jet and gummy bears. And as we're talking, he's just like, hey, check out this video. And he just starts playing videos on his phone as we're recording. And, I mean, he's done that a couple times on the show, too, since since then but yeah he just started playing videos on the show while we were recording he was fucking gone so <laughs> and the other time i did it was if you ever listen to what the fuck friday or the squirrel team six episode i was completely gone for that one because if you remember Kyle, i was falling asleep during it yeah i was i was done so so i don't i don't episode i don't do edibles often but because i don't know how to control them <laughs> And so Tim said, did you tear down the shower curtain and use it for a blanket? If you didn't, then you weren't that trashed. 
<laughs> I, I did not, but I definitely slept in, in my bathroom on the floor, propped up against the the tub. Like I was I was fucked. <laughs> I've never heard anybody throwing up. From like Kellen, look, Kellen gave me a cowtail. At some point, we went to the gas station to get stuff more munchies, and he gave me a cowtail. And you, everyone knows what cowtails are, right? The candy. Yeah. And I, I described it to him. I said, "Dude, I can. It feels like a river of chocolate running down the back of my mouth. Gross." And he looks me dead in the eye, and I remember, and he goes, "There's no chocolate in cowtails." <laughs> and he's like. It's caramel, and I was like, "What?" He goes, "Uh oh!" <laughs> and like, I lost it. I had like a thirty-five minute laughing fit. He said, because he was like, "Uh oh!" To my reaction of not there being no chocolate in cowtails. It, it did. It felt like it was a, like a river of milk chocolate running down the back of my throat. Hmm. So that, yeah, Caucasaurus Rex. That's what started. That's when No Yes started. Was when I was I was feeling pretty good. It was right after I started digesting the pizza, and it and from then it was game over. So, Neat. That's that's when Noah yeah started. <laughs> Neat. So, yeah. <laughs> maybe I said don't eat any more of those. <laughs> right. Right. Um, Lightweight. Yeah, I know. I think well, that's a great. That'll probably be a great way for you to spend the Super Bowl on Sunday. No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Just like, well, Kyle knows when we went to, to Fan Fusion last year or last summer, and I, I got high, and then we Ubered down there, and I was freaking out in the – I was sweating was so and, like, like, like sleeping. Wait, wait was, that how, was that how the Walking Dead panel? Is that why you guys are like, uh, he's not yeah, following the yeah, rules? It was it's the same not following day. Following the rules. Yeah, it was the same day. I was I was fine by that, but it was the same That's day. That's when yeah. Sammy Hagar drove us to. Uh, yep, it was when Sammy Hagar to, drove us to Fan Fusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Sammy Hagar so, was your Uber driver. He was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, was I was sweating. Dude, he was sweating and he was leaning against the window and like half asleep. I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> you took like two hits. Oh, it's one of those deals where the camera gets up real close and you're like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I was fucked. I was fucked. I don't, I don't know if I could do this. Um, that That's what no yeah. I think I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> that's what no yeah came out of. So. <laughs> that cheat. There. Now well, everyone knows no yeah. That was a really neat story. It was a fantastic story. <laughs> I give that story two and a half couch cushions. <laughs> no, no throw pillow to do. Not even a throw pillow in there for. I'll give it. A, I'll add an ottoman. Jay looks so enthused. He's just <laughs> Jay. He's just sitting there, like reading well, his Bible or something. He's praying for all of our souls. I want to go back to what if you guys got any if you guys read any good books this week because <laughs> I, I I am so far away from Wednesday Warrioring war, being a Wednesday Warrior that um and I'm contemplating getting back in but I yeah it's just I don't know if I want to go deal with that again so my question was kind of to get into this are you guys going on Wednesday to pick up your books no yeah I go on Wednesdays. 
I haven't been to the comic book store in two weeks. Yeah, I'd probably go like mm, Thursday, sometimes Saturday. But I don't, I don't like going on Wednesday because there's so many people there. Like every, you know, pretty much every store on Wednesdays is crowded. And I don't know. I just, I'd rather just wait a you day. Should or hit two. up Surprise Comics on Wednesday. Yeah, I'll Brian. drive like, oh, yeah. No, Brian. Brian. Is, there nobody, is there nobody there? Is that the, the reason why? Well, no, but they, they get, it's not like, you know, the other comic stores where they put their, their variants online. So you have a shot at all their variants, even the one in 100s. Even got a shot at their their variants. They open at nine a.m. They're the only comic book shop I know of that opens at nine a.m. That's really early, and it's first come first serve. They don't save. Unless, I mean, they they save the box stuff, but like on their their high dollar variants or their hard to find stuff, it's first come to first serve. So that's that's where I would start if you're going to look at Wednesday worrying. That's too much work. But yeah, that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work because you got to get back into the speculation part of it, and exactly you gotta you gotta be all up in it on it. So, mm. Chad, I give that story two bath rugs and a shower curtain and a toilet fluffy top. <laughs> hey, don't I forget the toilet. That. Don't forget the toilet brush. The toilet brush. I give it three plungers and some disinfectant <laughs> and a Lysol scrubbing spray. Yep. One of those little blue, those one little blue urinal cakes, <laughs> yeah. and a urinal cake. Say no to drugs. <laughs> you guys, gonna, any of you guys going to the Phoenix Open this weekend? No, no. You're not gonna, no. you're not gonna join uh, Jose and streak across the field like you did a couple years ago. <laughs> go there and look at all the thirty thousand dollar millionaires. There you go. Thirty thousand dollar millionaires. Explain that. So it's people who dress like they're rich, but they they really aren't. Yeah. Oh, okay. They, they've got the fancy car and the fancy clothes and the. They're a baller you know, on a budget. They're talking about how bad <laughs> they are, but they're really not. Gotcha. Wow! 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 So. Uh, okay. That event though is pretty crazy, man. It just seems like it gets crazier and crazier every year. Do you guys remember yeah. the story about um, uh, Christian Kirk, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver, when he got drafted the year he got drafted? Did you guys no. hear that? No. So Christian Kirk was a hometown kid. He went to I think like Mesa Mountain View or something like that, or some school here in in the Valley, and he uh, ended up going to Texas, I think, or Texas Tech, one of the two, for college. And he was a, you know, first round pick uh, coming out of college. And so the Cardinals were like, yeah, we, we're going to take this kid. And it was basically all a deal was done months before because they're like, what's well, hometown kid? We need receivers. This fucking moron. Well, it's not not too big of a moron because it really didn't hurt him in the end. The like the NFL draft was coming up and the Phoenix Open. He goes to the Phoenix Open and gets arrested in the parking lot of the Phoenix Open super coked up with two of his good buddies throwing boulders through car windows. Oh, <laughs> he, he went to Saguaro, by the way. Yeah, Saguaro. A first-round fucking draft pick coked up at the Phoenix Open throwing boulders through car windows. Told you not to be stupid, you moron. Yep. <laughs> no, that's, the, that's how crazy the Phoenix Open can get. Is no, Tiger yeah. playing there yet? I don't I mean, know. Isn't it? I thought he refused just, to play there. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, isn't I didn't it know just golf. Going. It's just golf, right? 
Yeah, no, it's but, a fucking party. Yeah, it's a party. <laughs> Nobody goes for the golf. They go for the party. Like you that's know? that's what they're going for. Like Dirk, they have concerts there all weekend. Like Dirk's Bentley is there tonight. And so, so there's yeah, but, 230,000 people showing up today. Yeah, it's yeah, but it is it is just golf, right? Like I feel like this is this is one of those golf things where people are like dude. taking it taking it to a level that it, it kind of leaves behind the original the original reason for it to exist. It's a reason to party. That's what it is. It's a reason yeah. to party. So, um, what, do you, what do you guys think about the the coronavirus? Scary as shit. Do you really think it's scary? I yeah. haven't drank a Corona since I heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Far away from that Mexican beer. That's that's I'm, the funny thing is that now Corona is getting in on it, and they're offering fifteen million dollars to change the name of the coronavirus to Bud Light virus. Who are they going to pay that money to? Are they just going to find like? <laughs> The Chinese, the Chinese bio terror uh, factory where this virus was manufactured, and say, please name it something else. Kyle, apparently mm-hmm. your grandmother is going to the Phoenix Open. Wow, good for her. <laughs> well, who's she, who's she going with? In chat, uh, someone in the chat just said, "Kyle, your grandmother is going." <laughs> Have fun. Don't drink too much. But uh, yeah. Okay. All right, gentlemen, I'm out. I gotta go. Where are I've you got, going? Uh, I've well, got, I gotta uh, go too. I gotta drop my smoke bomb. I gotta go too. I gotta put my kiddos to bed. Wow. <laughs> wow, he gone. <laughs> so, was that just a ploy to get rid of Brian and me? I think it was. No, he's got a, he's got a usually hot ten show. No, I'm going out. The wife and I are going out. She has Friday night off. Oh, fantastic! Where are you going? Ooh. To the bar. To the bar. Are you going to sing some karaoke? I will enjoy watching other people do karaoke. <laughs> if if you had to pick one song to do for karaoke, what would it be? How Soon Is Now. Like right now? No, is that the name of the song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you going to drink some Corona? No. No. Fuck that. Drink the Bud Light virus? <laughs> I kind of sang one time a few a couple weeks ago. What did you sing? I don't know what song it was. That's riveting. Some, some drunk dude came up. It was singing. And he walked next to me. Put the microphone in my face. We sang together like we were best friends. And then he left. Is it the dude that tells you you're he ugly broke your heart? No, it's in a different bar. The guy, uh. the, the new bar <laughs> I'm going to, the guy who calls me ugly isn't there. He broke your heart, didn't he, Kyle? I'm sorry. Yeah. It was Barbie Girl. You're right, Tim. if i actually did do a song it would probably be yeah i would probably do i do how soon is now i would do i might do a joy division song give us a preview joy division something with not a lot of range huh he said, if you don't do that, you're a bitch, Tim said. <laughs> Let me tell you, my eight-year-old kid, my eight-year-old kid asked his teacher if he could sing anime theme songs for the class, and he freaking did it. So if he could sing anime theme songs for his fourth grade class, I think you could handle this. I can, I can sing for a bunch of drunk people. Send us out with a little Joy Division, Kyle. Sing it. No, I'm not a singer. 
Come on. Hey, this ain't American Idol. Come on, you can handle it. No. (laughs) I got to keep my voice good for when I go there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, don't want to strain it. (laughs) Oh, Jay, I almost forgot you were here, bud. (laughs) You've been so quiet quiet over there. (laughs) But hey, enjoy the rest of the show. I will see everybody next week. Hey, have a good time. See you, dude. Later, Later, man. But uh, I I gotta go too. I gotta take my dog for a walk. What is this bullshit? No, I, I gotta go. If you gotta go, go ahead, Sam. Thanks for <laughs> filling in. Jay Jay has to actually say something before he goes though. I'm not. You gotta, going. You gotta give us something. Jay's gonna warrior with me. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're gonna do a Kyle spinner a rack pussy. part two. Yeah. There you go. All right, gents. Have a night. Thanks. Thanks, movie thanks for kids. letting me come on and and go on and on about One Piece. No problem. Have a good night. You too, See, dude. Everyone's dropping like flies. What what kind of shit is this? So it really is just me. What the? Yeah, okay. it's, it's just us, man. So what yeah. would have happened if I didn't come on? I don't know. We would have. Lights out. Yeah, it just been lights out. But I mean, you it did kind of look like you got murdered when we first started. Sorry. All I, you I, see I is just, just a hand come across the screen and, and you were gone. So I got, I've been distracted this whole time. Uh, I, clearly. <laughs> Reading some books, were you? What? Uh, no, no. My the reason I left is because my my kid got sick, and I was mm-hmm. we were running around thinking if I should take him to the emergency room or not. So he's laying on the couch. Yeah. So I've I've been off my game. So I'm sorry. No, dude, you're good. You're good. Um. So I guess that'll. Well, let's fuck it. Let's give shit away. Um. So I still got a digital copy of uh Jay and Bob reboot to give away. How should we give it away, Jay? Dude, that's a good question. What have you done in the past? Normally, it's just, like so the first, just so I can get a scope. Normally, of, it's like the first person to comment in the chat or um, recall a moment that we've done previous on the show, um, mm. stuff like that. Hmm. So I can give away one cop digital mm. copy of Jay Silent Bob reboot. Okay, so how about? Uh, Let's not make too. Co- let's not pull a couch crunchers and make it overly complicated. No, no. no. I was just gonna say, uh, the first person who could name uh, Corbin's favorite Batman book. <laughs> now that all the uneducated book lore has left, <laughs> we're at the facts. You are at the facts. That's right. Um, <laughs> so Corbin's favorite Batman book. Yeah, I remember. I feel like the, that's super easy, but we'll go with it. Well, I, you know, whatever. We'll go. If anybody with can. Okay. <clears throat> and Corbin ex- is excluded. I want to. I, I also <laughs> wanted to do the person who posts the best Kobe Bryant meme, but I don't. Ooh, that, that's kind of dark. That's kind of dark. Um, Travis, you want to come in? I'll I'll bring Travis in. Was Travis in here? Yeah, Travis is in the chat. I'll bring I'll bring Travis on. Travis, I'm gonna send you the link, bud. Or we'll bring Travis in. We'll keep this this party going. And now that oh, yeah. we'll get some educated people up in here. <laughs> um, if you guys have not listened to Comic Exposure, go check out Comic Exposure. I just did a I did a show with them uh, before doing our show tonight, and it was it was a lot of fun. Their their shows. Definitely a big deep dive into comics, and it, we talked Outcast, Robert Kirkman's Outcast. Uh, I'll have to find out from him when he comes in when that show goes live. But it was a lot of fun. Um, you guys, 
check out comic book exposure. Uh, TK421, <laughs> Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, Chad says Gotham by <laughs> Chad says Gaslight Gotham by. Um, <laughs> Gotham by Gaslight. I, I mean, I guess you, you choose who, who you want to give it to. If if you want to take Gotham by Gaslight or Gotham by Gotham or whatever is a Hey, whoever said it first. Whoever typed it in first. I feel like TK421 won something before. I know he did. He won uh he was won a few weeks ago. So we're gonna go ahead and give it to Chad. Chad, 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 Chad. You're gonna win it. There you go, buddy. You can win uh Jay did somebody say comic exposure? I feel like one of those like leprechauns that like if you like Beetlejuice. <laughs> say the name <laughs> three, three times. times huh? it three hey, what's time. up, guys? It's me, comic exposure. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, nice. Yeah. I did get that little. When when is your guys' episode that we did tonight going up? It's up. It's up, it's baby. Up. Wow. I put it in the the chat link earlier in oh, your conversation. You yeah. Nice. There you Excellent go. job, Matt. Matt. I appreciate it. I, I will say that um, uh, Matt did the. Oh man, I forgot to read that. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> For someone who has never read Outcast, he just couldn't know. Yeah, never read it, and I just completely BS my way through it. That <laughs> was no, good. It's Let's go. so good. So now that we're not marked by um, Mr. No Name Actors, what do you guys think of uh, Emily Blunt, the possibility of Emily Blunt uh, being Sue Storm? Do you think her and John Krasinski should should play Sue Storm and Mr. Fantastic? I they certainly look the part. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't think it. I don't think it matters. I mean, I think it, it'd be fine. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to speculate because it's like, you know, there's so much speculation and and everybody thinks stuff's gonna suck and it ends up being awesome and vice versa. So, I mean, as good a choice as any, I guess. Travis, sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I, I think, I mean, it's yeah, I, I agree with you on that standpoint. It's like, just tell me who it's going to be, make it work, and then I'll, I'll, then I'll talk shit about it after. No, um, <laughs> I. The only thing with that casting is, I don't, I don't want like someone who's kind of got like who's like too posh. Now I don't think Emily Blunt is too posh, but she's she's borderline. You know, like like a Kate mm. Beckinsale is a little bit posh, something like that. I want, I want a homely. Sue Storm, Homely? a girl next door. Yeah. Oh I wanna, yeah. I want. I, I, I want a portly, bad acne. No. I, I'm trying to think of who's who's got that kind of like girl next gr- door grown up look. Dude, I don't even know. That's a yeah. good question. Who does have that girl next door grown up look? Um, maybe like a young Helen Hunt. That's who I want to. I want a young that's Helen Hunt. Um, I'm trying to see who. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You got me there, you young Helen Hunt. But you know, the, the problem is with with um, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt is that they're kind of older, so it, it'd be kind of weird to do an origin thing. You'd have to kind of start the movie up and running, you know. Well, isn't fantastic? Isn't Mister Fantastic an older gentleman? Like, I don't think. But you couldn't you, do like what are you an like ageist? A, you got no, but you could do here? like a like a hey, we built this rocket and let's see if it flies in outer space. You know, like oh, you want like an October Sky, Mister Fantastic? Like he's in high school and they're building no, no. <laughs> I, think, I think that's exactly what no, because we had that and it was horrible. But I'm saying, you know, it'd be a 
it'd be weird to do to have them be because have their powers already like in their you know mid 40s but I, I, don't I think you go Spider-Man route with it. I don't, I don't need, do we really need another fantastic no. origin story? No. And that's kind of yeah. what I was getting at. You know, everybody you already kind of go knows. into the, the space again and get hit by the storm and, you know, yeah, it's not even that interesting of an origin story really. So do you think that the, these producers uh, and these, these writers and stuff like that, do you, I mean, we we're indoctrinated into, these kind of stories so we're like oh it's okay i don't need you to tell me the backstory why if they were in this world then why weren't they showing up during all these events i think we're in tune with that we're like okay i'll just you know leave that aside do you think that these producers are like well the the majority of the audience is going to want to know where they were during infinity wars if they were around that doesn't bother me i don't i don't need i don't you can put them in and be like yeah, they've been around with powers for like 20 years, and I'm not going to be like, well, where were they during the uh, end game? Um, I think I'm like, okay. Somebody suspension, will. Suspension right. of disbelief. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, yeah, somebody will. will, you know, explain it to me. I need to know exactly it'll, why. Yeah, it'll be work. a big thing on Reddit. Somebody will try I'm, to figure it out. My suspension of disbelief is so high. It just like, it bleeds into my personal life. Like if someone's like, this relationship's not working out. Uh, I, I think we have to break up. I'm like, I don't believe you. I don't, we have, have comic book <laughs> le legitimately arguing over whether or not um, Wolverine <clears throat> has for is circumcised. So you don't think someone's going to complain about wanting to know where, where these characters were during uh, Endgame or or Infinity War. Put them in. Put them in. What's the uh, uh, not the negative zone? What's the zone? What's their what's their um, the quantum realm? Are you, are you talking about zone, like where Ant Man it? goes? No, where the the where Sue Storm and what are the Fantastic Four? Where they entered to get their powers? They go into space and they enter the Phantom Zone. Is it the Phantom Zone? It's like Phantom or negative or something like that. I think. Yeah, Phantom or negative zone. Like just have them. Be there, show an old new a news clip of them and being like, it's you know, the awesome it's, zone where they get awesome powers, not to be confused with Austin powers. <laughs> <laughs> the awesome zone sounds like one of those like kid. Uh, well, it was it, like a discovery zone when you were a kid. DC, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys had those out here. Discovery zone. Those were the shit. They were always in like little fucking shopping malls, like outdoor shopping yeah. malls. Yeah, and they have those little plastic balls that are just like covered in hepatitis at this point because they've just been hissed on and stuff. <laughs> I don't think I've yeah, ever gotten hepatitis you guys, you guys, from a, a ball pit. You guys are talking about the coronavirus. I feel like that would be the cesspool. That's probably where that thing came from, like one of those ball pits. <laughs> just festering in the ball pits. Stuff. Yeah. That's pretty good. I just think it's funny that people people are – are turning away from Corona beer because they think it's going to give them the coronavirus. Like that, that's crazy to me. I don't know, man. I, people just continue to surprise me. Like, you know, I know this is nothing new, but <clears throat> I was reading an article on, on social media. What do you mean? Reading is nothing new. You've been doing it this entire podcast. And, <clears throat> well, no, I was actually drawing <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, yes, ADHD. It helps know, him focus. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hyper focused now. Um, I don't even remember. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was reading this. This in the headlines. You know, the headline says one thing, and everybody's commenting all angry on the comments. I don't even know why I read comments. Still, I shouldn't. And it's so painfully obvious that nobody read 
that nobody actually clicked on the story and read it because the headline was just clearly clickbait and everybody just reacted to that. And it was like a hundred and some comments and like 95% of them were just about the headline. Like, is yeah. that how sh like small minded people are that they just, they can't even bother, you know? So if that, if those are the kind of people that are worried about Corona beer, giving them coronavirus that's just all like, that's all I was they, need, they need four they need four words did you ever have any of your teachers when you're growing up do one of those assignments you know teachers are always like read the directions then do the assignment <laughs> I, had a, I had a couple of teachers that like read the directions and it's this long packet of stuff and in directions it says it's like you know like a paragraph of directions and at the end it says do not do any of this packet turn to the last page put your name at the bottom and turn it and like one out of 25 kids did it <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if it, if it's a direct parallel to what you're saying there, but there is something uh, human about like, oh no, that's that's it. Uh, I know, I know everything I need to know. I, I don't need, right. I don't need to read it. I'm just gonna <laughs> go into it. Yeah, pretty much like Cliff Notes people, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> I feel like that's how any of us go into putting together IKEA furniture. I don't need these instructions, and I don't need to read anything. I'm just gonna give it a shot and that's how you end up with like extra pieces and <laughs> a screw or like an extra four screws that you don't know where they go and things are all crooked and that's what i feel like ikea furniture accounts too pretty much pretty much exactly but i want to get your thoughts uh you two are both the two intelligent gentlemen i want to get your guys' oh, thoughts on uh, james so gunn kind. coming out and saying that there's absolutely no rivalry between marvel and dc and then it's all fan generated do you think what we were talking about with with the reference to the dc universe and the thor kind of backs that up or do you do you think that it's it's a fan generated beef uh, i don't know man because <clears throat> i remember sometimes you know reading interviews or listening to interviews with some of some of the current the editors at the current times and they drop little, you know, little digs on 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 each other. Uh, I don't know if it was really serious or not, but um, I don't know. And I I never understood the whole Marvel versus DC uh, rivalry thing. I, I just I don't. It's like why would you know why why if you like comics and you like the you know these great stories, why would you limit yourself? They both have excellent characters and they both have excellent writers artists whatever um i just don't and i don't i don't get it i never got it see to me it seems like the the rivalry has more to do with like the the movies like the movie fans um but if you read comics there's no reason why you would like you you, you know you would shut yourself off to one half of really great comics that are out there well i feel like that's more of what he's referring to is is like moviegoers in the movies himself. And you know, he, he's directing a movie for both sides now between he's doing Suicide Squad 2 and then he's doing, um, going to come back for Guardians 3, but he, when he's already done 1 and 2. But I, I, I agree with you. I don't see, I, I, I think he's, his comments are, are very genuine and, and correct that it's not, I don't see him being in competition with each other. It's, it's fan generated competition, I think. Yeah, I, I go, 
uh, for the comics, I think there is some roots of it. Uh, if you read like the untold story of, of Marvel comics, that, uh, nonfiction piece where it goes through like every decade and all the editors, there is a sense that they, they want their market share to be what's consumed. And then when you have like artists like Kirby work for Marvel, get disillusioned with it, jump over to DC, there's going to be, there's going to, there's going to be some hard feelings. You took my best talent and like, well, no, you let your best talent go or like, Hey, we're making money off this character. You stole that character and now you're making more money. And now our character is this. Uh, I think now that's the comic book industry, especially with more publishers there, that isn't as strong. And uh, artists, uh, there's less like your home base artist. So they're, they're able to kind of jump freely. And I think that's a product of kind of, I think that happened when Liefeld and them broke off yes. and started their thing. And then they broke off again. And then they're like, who's keeping track anymore, guys? If you want to work for us, here's your rate. What do you want to do? Boom. When it comes to the movies, I think that, again, talking about something that's very human, uh, Jay, w w I don't know when you were a kid, but w we both listened to punk rock. You, you you for audio ammunition too by the way super well curated i'll go on there and i'll just like look I'm like i haven't heard of this this is great no, um, thanks, man. but um i remember as a kid when it got into music punk rock you very much had camps and it was fun kind of hoisting your flag you're like no i'm i don't listen to that even if you recognize that what they were doing was good stuff it was fun to kind of like die on your sword, but that's also a very 13 year old mentality. So I think some of the, you know, it, it is, it's a stage you go through where you plant your flag in something. I only listen to pop punk or I only listen to East coast punk or whatever it is. Uh, and you really see that I, I deal with teenagers and, and stuff and they're very much like that with things in their life. Now, if they don't mature out of that stage, they become middle-aged people who are still planting their flags <laughs> And I yeah. will only see DC movies. So I think it's kind of like a, uh, it's fun. It's fun to pick camps too, you know? Uh, and cause it, it allows for fun conversations, but some people take it too far and you're like, Oh no, you're not just saying this because it's fun to be on this team. You're like, you actively are saying that what this other person is producing is not good. And that's just not true. Objectively, it's just not true. That's very true. I mean, you know, I think people like, you know, wearing that badge, mm -hmm. you know, like top DC. You know, <clears throat> I used to go to a comic book store here in Phoenix. Um, they used to be up north, like, I want to say like 19th Avenue and Thunderbird-ish area. Um, it was called New York City Comics, and they only carried Marvel. And they <laughs> they despised DC like, I don't think they'd even, if I went in there wearing it like a, a DC shirt, they, I don't even think they'd let me in the store. What a bad uh, business model. I know. Right? <laughs> I know. It's so, it's, it's like you said, it's fun to, to do and it's fun to have, but when people like take it too seriously and, and it, that's just ridiculous. There's no like, I know we have comic exposure fans who refuse to listen to Absolute Geek and Couch Crunchers. They say, I don't blame fuck them. those guys. <laughs> They're like, we are planting no, <laughs> We are planting our flags. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fun too. And I, I find the 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 backside of that with any kind of uh art uh that is I, I do miss those 
some I do kind of miss those days because someone will be like, well, what do you like? And, the, you know, like what music you listen to? And then you have to do that whole like kind of boring, like, well, I listen to everything, you know, or like, what do you what, like? What comics do you read? Like, well, I read a little bit of everything. And I feel like that's not the answer they want. They want like they want you to pick a cam and be like, argue passionately for why this is what you listen to, you know, or this is what you read. And so I do feel I do miss the days of when someone asks what you listen to. I go, man, I listen to Mr. T's experience, and that's it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that you said that because that's that's like a huge topic between like uh, us at, at Audio Ammunition. How like it's just one of the, the questions that we despise. We go, oh, what kind of music do you listen to? And you're like, oh crap, you know, because you can't. Yeah. It's so hard to. <clears throat> When you listen to a lot of things, like, well, where do you start? You know, oh, well, you know, you could start at, you know, oh, like, you know, Eddie Cochran, Elvis Presley, uh, Little Richard. Then you can, you know, move into, you know, British Invasion. They can move in 80s or glam, new wave, you know, you go into the punk rock and you go into, you know, whatever. And it's like, by then, if the person you're talking to is going, you know, yeah, it's like, sorry, <laughs> you asked. <laughs> spinning off this do you guys still have that intrepidation when someone says oh like what's your podcast on and i don't mind saying comics you know i do the, I, I i love comics and i there's i think the best writers in the in the the world are working on comics these days and the best artists uh but i i look at them i know a little bit about them i know they're coming from and then i'm like oh i don't want to answer this question because I get the that, I do I that all you, the time. I the do answer the that time. I'm gonna give, I know when I say comics, I can I, I can see your head working, and I don't want to have to. I, I go, I'm I'm trying to take a piss break between classes. I don't have the time to validate my taste. <laughs> do you guys find that? Like, it, I, I I feel ashamed because I should just be like, comics. Or what are you reading right now? Comics. What's your podcast on? Comics. Hey, what's that shirt reference? Comics. But I'm always like, Ugh. yeah, always. Yep. You feel like you should be proud of it, and then you're like, oh, so you do a podcast? Like, yeah, actually, that's cool. It's cool. What's it about? And it, that that's the dagger right there. The the what's it about? And you know, you're, you're like, I wish I could say something cool, like you know, cry or you know, true crimes or yeah, or something really like, niche. Yeah, yeah, anything like that, or like all the worst people I fucked in my life or, or something like that. But then you're like comic books and they're, they're like, Oh, you can just see the judgment on their face before it even hits. I, like, I've, yep. I've tried different ways. I've done like, well, I always, I always start off with comics. I'd be like, well, it's, it's like a, like a, like a, a, a literary discussion or it's like a book club. And then I'll, I'll try to put three things in three things in front of it. And then I'll be like, but it's on comics. Yeah. <laughs> And then they're always like, like, like comedy. And I'm like, no, yeah, like comic books. And then they'll do it this. Oh, like uh, Batman and Superman. And you're like, yes, those are two comic book characters. Um, yes, but I do. It's not I really. Do. I do a podcast encapsulate. on comics. On comics, <laughs> I'm gonna, what I do. <laughs> this whole episode is going to be about how Louis C.K. won't let you out of the room until you watch him jerk off. That's, <laughs> that's what my podcast is about. I, I do it on different comics. Next week's Dane Cook. Join me. <laughs> It's an escape room where you yeah. see how long you can last <laughs> with Louis C.K. in the room. Right. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you lock eyes with them and you can't break eye contact until he finishes. Yeah. And the last I one literally... in the room wins. That should be a game show hosted by Ellen. 
right there. <laughs> I literally do this podcast and I have all my comics in a pantry, a cupboard. I'm like a closeted comic fan. <laughs> you know, I think we need to have like comic parades, comic pride parades. Everyone dresses <laughs> up. I guess that's what a I guess that's what a convention is though, really, isn't it? Isn't it nothing more than yeah. a comic comic I think, pride I think parade? You need to we need to go back to what we were talking about, comic book exposure and you know, you got to quit being a closet, a comic fan, and you got to come out and wear it with pride. That's we do. We're gonna come we down. Do. I mean, you gotta you gotta rock your fandom for comics, just like the way you're rocking that sweet Roadhouse shirt. You yeah, know? that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's tough though being single. If I was married, I'd, <laughs> that would be I'd rock it a little bit more. But some people still have that. You're like, mm. and I'm like, no, no. This is only one facet of me. I've got many facets. Yeah. I'll take my pants off. <laughs> yeah. That's why you don't tell them. You, you don't know. Yeah. You don't tell them. You know, the the one yeah. thing you you never tell them they have a podcast either. That that yeah. goes south because no. they want to listen no. to it, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. all right. Oh, especially if you're if you're an absolute geek podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I like how all the shots are at us. Like <laughs> I get on I get on Comic Exposure, and the first thing I hear is, "Well, uh, Lance from Couch Crunchers was on last week, and." Uh, they're our, our sister podcast, so you guys are like our creepy, touchy uncle podcast. I'm like, what is this? Why why can't we be like the daddy podcast? We got to be the creepy, touchy uncle podcast. Honestly, it's all, it's on, a, of on a bus, on a bus though, who would you rather sit next to? Just some boring sister, or like some guy who's got some stories? I don't want to be sitting next to a creepy, touchy <laughs> uncle. Like, that's no, and nowhere in in any circumstances do I want to sit next to someone's creepy, touchy uncle. That analogy does not work here. Why do you Sorry. smell like cigarettes? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you smell like sweetness, little boy? <laughs> yeah, no. His name is Dalton. What? What are you talking about, Tim? Oh, our, our, Roadhouse. We have some. Oh yeah, we have some people in the chat that are a little uh, skeptical of you, Travis, because your your uh, YouTube icon does not have a picture on it. Oh yeah, I should I should correct that. Someone says they they feel like it it's, it would be an awesome picture. <laughs> If you choose something awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll have to get on that. But homework. Let me make a note. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you give it enough to your students. You finally give some to yourself. Yeah, that's what I don't want. I don't want if an icon, then if kids are surfing the web, then they come across it and like, what's this? Well, okay. So you're a classic comic fan. How do you consume your comics? So so do you I know you were you were making fun of it on on the show. Do you normally do it digitally, or do you have a local comic I, shop there? You I made to? I made the trade because uh, we don't have a local comic shop, so I made the transition into digital about a year ago because we were really on a comic exposure. We were really slacking on uh, giving us like, oh, these are the books you want to read. So I didn't have time to like order them online and get here in the mail. It takes a little bit longer to get it, you know, a couple yeah, weeks man. to get something. Uh, so then it was like, oh, I'll just get that digitally. And I, I quickly got used to it. I, so it's nice. I'm able to consume it a lot quicker. Uh, but man, I, you know, I love I, my preferences in my, in my hands. Um, you guys are talking about being a Wednesday warrior. I haven't been a Wednesday warrior since my mid twenties. Yeah. It's so. so they don't have any, um, <laughs> Roadhouse. His name is Dolan Travis. Knows, yeah, uh, we got. That. Um, they don't have. You don't have any comic shops near you. They might have some in, in Tokyo. I mean, there's all kinds of manga shops. I mean, there's if you see if you see like comic shop in Japan. Yeah, like they, they. I'm like, oh my god, it's comics, and you go in there. It's it's just the the manga volumes. Um, so they, there's nothing local around me. Uh, 
on the military base here they don't carry like even like oh, yeah. the, the top titles on here so it's um i just have them shipped out and stuff like that so yeah because i know um yeah. gregory he's he's a comic creator that's been on the show a couple of times he lives in japan too and he he's in tokyo though i think so he talks yeah. about going to the the comic book shop all the time. So I was just wondering like how they, Oh, excellent. Yeah. How you get, how a, they get their stuff. If it's like a day after us or if it's before us or, or what? That's good. Next time I, I I'm, I'm like a 45 minute train ride from like central Tokyo. So next time I go there, I'm actually, that's one of the things I want to do is I'm just going to like Google map a comic shop and, and see what's in there and, and Bunch just of check hentai. it out. It's just hentai everywhere. <laughs> I'll just report back to you guys. Porn everywhere. <laughs> check out my cool hentai shirt. Yeah. Guys. Check out this cool tentacle porn shirt. I am planting my flag on the mountain of hentai. There you go. You got to keep that flag firmly planted in the ground. <laughs> Don't let anyone forget it. Yeah. The only, um, the only thing too is, how do you feel about how do you feel about Robert Pattinson playing Batman? I'm good. I'm good with that. You're good. With I'm that? actually kind of see. I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. The the, the guy's got chops. The guy's got acting chops. Um, now, I don't think some people might not be thrilled with some of the roles he's played and kind of his his previous, you know, uh, his entree into film was, you know, I mean, it's hard to, he's got that shadow of Twilight and some of those other things like Water for Elephants uh, uh, kind of stuck on him. But he's he's done some good stuff, man. Twilight. Um, yeah, he can brood. He can. Bro <laughs> he's a good brooder. I mean, he's, he's you know? come in his own as of late with more of the the independent scene. But he he. What are your made, thoughts? You 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 you're a supporter of this, right? Yeah, you, I am. Not, I think he's gonna yeah. do. I think he's gonna be fantastic. But I mean, it's come out that he's having problems putting on weight, and then they just started shooting it. So, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of, I think, unnecessary worry at this point, and mm -hmm. I feel like it's it's like the Ben Affleck situation all over again. The that that worry, yeah. and I, I'll admit, it, I was even I wasn't on board with Ben Affleck until I actually saw him in the bat suit. But um, you know, it's I was I was watching Jersey Girl the other night, off story, but I was watching the Kevin Smith Jersey Girl movie, and he talked about driving the Batmobile, and I was like, man, Kevin Smith made that connection that long ago that he's going to play right. Batman one day. But um, I digress. But so I, he made comments a few we, a few months ago about how Batman isn't a superhero, and it's like. It's like these comments are haunting him, and he doesn't understand why comic book fans are are pissed off by those comments, or why they're they're so heated by those comments. Oh, okay, is, yeah. So, is there is there any fathom where you could see that you could you could support the Batman is not a superhero comments? Yeah, so I mean, I. Well, we're both. You're a big fan of Long Halloween, that that yeah. run, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I like to think of I like Detective Batman uh, more than uh, Punchy Punch Batman um, when he's when he's you're seeing his process when he's hunting down clues and things like that. I like a good five page Batman dialogue with like Commissioner Gordon. Uh, I like that. I like the other stuff too, but that's kind of what I like. So. Um, I could see maybe I don't I don't know was it like was there more to the quote and they, they just took he says uh, Batman's not a superhero <laughs> that, I mean that's pretty much what he he said he said that yeah. the Batman is not is not a superhero because he doesn't have powers Oh okay all right oh that's cuz he's looking at the powers thing no Batman's a superhero That is one of his titles for sure Batman's a superhero he's a detective 
Let me see if I can pull up his his actual quote. Um, yeah, it's not a superhero. Like you have extraordinary extraordinary abilities that you use for good, right? Now so, these aren't like supernatural or magic abilities, but they are certainly are extraordinary. He's he's he has trained himself um, and equipped himself in a way that makes him extraordinary, and he uses his powers for good. Therefore, he is a superhero. He's not a normal hero. He has elevated himself through training and through gadgets and through deduction to be a superhero. Well, yeah, I think it's I think it's a, the, yeah. His whole thing is like the the power aspect and he caught a lot of backlash for it and he, and he still like I said doesn't understand why you know um batman isn't er, why why fans were so mad and he couldn't understand why he was getting all that backlash and and stuff so part of me wonders if it just if he's not and i think he even kind of admitted it, admitted it if he's not educated on the role or he's not educated on on the the backstory of Batman. So it's like, he kind of just took this role because it was offered to him and he's not as educated on the, the character as he should be. Could that be an asset though? Could that be an asset though? Cause I don't, I don't know how, I don't think Joaquin Phoenix was necessarily that educated on the Joker when he took it. And I'm sure I, the sense of, I think if you approach a role like Batman, if someone gave me the role as Batman and I had to prepare for it. And I have all these different incarnations of Batman in my head it might be tough for an actor to zone in on exactly what this this script requires Batman to be. And I would rather him service that particular script than to try to service all the lore of Batman. Because I think when you try to service everything that is Batman and then make that work within this partic uh, particular story, it might water down the emotional beats and what that character needs to do in that story. But if he looked at, I say read all of Batman or none of Batman, yeah. <laughs> you know. But if you if you're just looking at the script, he's like, what? A, he, he's an, he seems like the the actor type where he like really kind of really tries to study the nuances of the script and what what the conflict is here and how do I move from here. Uh, and if he's thinking about okay, this is and this part of the script, this is how this this is how I'm reacting. But that's not really how Jim Lee's you know hush. Batman would re react because in that series, you know, he would have done this. So I think there could be an asset to him just looking at the script and looking who at who that character is. And if the script is a good script, it's going to come across as Batman, whether uh, the actor knows it or not. I mean, I would almost be okay with if they went a different route with, with the Batman script versus what they did with like kind of like what they did with Joker and Joaquin Phoenix gave you something different, you know, I'd prefer it to. Yeah, and I agree. I'm, I think that's what, what excites me most about this. Um, the potential of this movie is <laughs> the, seeing the detective side of it and seeing a different side of the Batman than we're used to seeing. I would love to see him more solving crimes and, and you see more of that, that type of work than, like you said, the punch him up, fight him up stuff. So, I haven't read any of the recent Batman's. Are they doing any of the things where you know sometimes before movies where they slowly start to draw in one of the titles Batman to look a little bit more like the actor is going to play him and a little bit more like the actor is going to play him, or have they not, stayed away from that? No, they so far. Started, yeah, yeah, so far yeah. they have not. They haven't done that. And I mean, even when Ben Affleck was playing Batman, they still kind of kept that away. Like they never changed his look to be more. 
Ben Affleck because I mean they're iconic. They already kind of yeah. did that with the dark. He he was meant to be the Dark Knight Returns Bat Bruce Wayne and Batman, and that's kind of what you got with how how big and and bulky he was already. Do you ever think, guys? I, mean, I know Jay, you you used to do Wednesdays, right? You still there and there. Has anyone like these major comic book figures? Would they benefit? from five years off in in a comic book form i the movies are one thing but like if there wasn't a batman story told in comics for like five years if they're just like you know what we're removing him from the deck or we're removing wonder woman for, from the deck hmm. right uh we're gonna give it to a team and they can kind of like look at this you think that absence would do anything a couple of weeks ago matt you were talking we were talking absolute geek what does the comic book industry need? To, is it in trouble? What is it? You know, what are some things that it needs to do? Um, is or is that would that come across as a gimmick? Do you think there would be any benefit in in removing a character for a while? Well, I'll let Jay go ahead and tackle this question first since he's he's a guest. Go ahead if you want. Uh, <clears throat> so you mean like just not even have him anywhere at all? Yeah, or just yeah, not have yeah. his own title. Uh, remove him, remove him, take him. I mean, you don't, it doesn't have to. I mean, you can make it like an event where he's removed or whatever it is, but just yeah, you you can't use this character. He's no longer one of the toys you can play with, DC. Well, I think before I let Jason, mm. I think the, the best <clears throat> measuring stick about that is going to be kind of Wolverine coming up because he was taken away. He was away for a year or two and then they brought him back, but now he's about to relaunch his, his own title here in a couple of weeks. So that'll be mm. interesting to see. How that affects his his direct title it was you know it could work either way i mean sometimes um you know sometimes when you with the absence of a character people tend to miss him more people tend to build up his lore more and, and then when he's finally teasing to come back everybody's really into it or you can be like you know like they do with professor x where he dies and he's gone for years and years. And then people realize, eh, we don't even really need it. We didn't even really need him anyway. And then, and then the stories just kind of work themselves around um, him and then past him. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but is there a character that I think, well, right now. Yeah. Is there um, a character that maybe needs to be pulled out to just kind of like get, we need a breather. Well, I think, I think if you pull him, it'd be fantastic. For for him, any any character right now, like look at look at DC. He's got how, goddamn Jay. How many Batman books are? How many books are Batman? Is Batman it? Uh, at least two or three a week. <laughs> well, like, not, I'm not just know. talking about like regular time, so You've got you've got Batman Beyond. You've got Detective. You've got his standalone Batman title. You've got the Justice Leagues. You've got you know, all, Red Hood, you've got all these different books that he appears in. Mm -hmm. You gotta think that removing the character, taking him off the spectrum, or even just down to a standalone book would, would be better, because it would give people time would, to create stuff for him. I would be all about bringing um, all those all those books to just one book. Absolutely. Uh, a month, or even like just one Batman, one detective each a month. Because that's the way it used to be. And, you know, you, you do need a, a bit of a breather because, you know, you flood the market with stuff like that. And, you know, 
80 percent of it's just garbage it's just rushed through just to feed the batman hunger you know that they people think the public has same thing with superman but i don't know tell you the truth and people might be really angry but i think a character that would benefit from an absence is wonder woman and um late like which re- that's, they're doing the opposite she's about to get a huge push because they just announced <sighs> that dc um dc metal 2 is gonna be focused on wonder woman so scott Snyder and capullo are teaming up to do a wonder woman book in the dc well, metal universe so that might sound interesting push. but you know some of these characters that they put on such a like a you know such a pedestal that that it, it almost seems like they they don't want to let the writers do anything too interesting because it'll tarnish the name or it'll you know someone even like like Superman or Wonder Woman right now especially Wonder Woman gosh I mean you know I was telling Matt there's there's certain titles I'll never leave and and Wonder Woman's one of them but oh boy you know it's it's almost like you know don't do anything too weird because you know you don't want to mess anything or you don't want to deter any of the new you know the new readers are going to jump on with the movie or you know whatever and hence the stories end up being really boring yeah you know i don't i i think i like the idea of having that one and so i think if whether we want to absence or not i think distilling batman down or these some of these characters have multiple titles into one book is so important because as a reader you know we do this on the podcast. We sit down with something, we consume it, and then we have time to digest it. And that's really when when you're dealing with like I'm gonna keep going back to music because I got Jay on here. But if a band came out with an album every year, it it kind of you're like, well, well I, I didn't get to live and love and discuss the last one before you hit me with this new thing with new themes and new ideas and new sounds. I go, I, I want to love it. I want to love. A, a book to death and not have it watered down with like, I want to love one Batman title or hate it passionately. Um, but I, I feel like, oh, this Batman here. I don't know, I'm like, okay, what about this Batman here? I don't know. You know, I wanted to, that mm-hmm. the one Batman storyline that we can all discuss as a co- geek culture for a year, love it or hate it, but live with it. I just want to live with one iteration of a character for a little while. I Wolverine was so so spread out for so long <laughs> i think that'd be super, yeah. really, super interesting honestly if it was just one yeah. story yeah that's it that we could all talk about and yeah it'd be, it would be interesting to see how that happens but yeah i mean that's that's the problem with with the comic book industry today and, and you see it and i think it you even see it with newer books like you have a new how many times <laughs> on, on spinner rack do we we like a, a first issue of a book and the second issue comes out and we're like oh god <laughs> you know it's like you you they get that first issue and it's a hit because it's their passion project. They've taken the time, they've put love into this this issue and and then it becomes well that book that book sold out a diamond. We need to refill it, we need to restock it, we need to get issue two out. And then it just gets rushed and it it's not as good. The quality isn't there. What you fell in love with that book is now gone. What I find we used to do at Comic Exposure, we used to have. I mean, I'm just a pro, just just a putting it in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we used to do uh, creator interviews with a lot of like from Caliber Comics, like these independent comic mm-hmm. places, and so we they sent them to us and we read them, and they weren't some of them weren't so good, um, and 
some of them were good, but some of them weren't. Uh, and You're talking about found, the interviews themselves? No, the no the, the books. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, like reader yeah, copies yeah. of the book. Yeah. Uh, you talk, you're talking about those first issues being that. As a creator, I think you have to be in love with your character more than your premise. And I think that some of these indie first off or these creators who get that first shot, maybe at Image or you know some of these uh, Dynamite or stuff like that, that first issue is great because it's so premise heavy. Like the premise is carrying them. But as a creator, if you're not in love with your characters then it's it's a cool there's so many indie comics have these amazing premises and they they hook you in that first issue with like oh my god it's a uh, it's like um hunger games but on this planet and it's like all these it's a mash of you know pitch ideas and so you're like okay i'm in the world but then the next issue you're like okay but what about the characters no i get the premise and then you get to the fifth issue and you're like it's just a premise. You're just giving me a cool premise. And some characters, I think you build your series, you build your world around the conflicts of your main character. We were talking about that today on Outcasts, And I think that's something that Kirkman did really well with that main character in there is, yeah, it's this possession story, but you could tell Kirkman knows that character back in front and and is discovering he's putting that character into a character he loves into tough situations and then he has to ride himself out and that character gets wounded and scarred through that um and i think those first issues that you were talking about that just drop off i think some of that is is just uh a guy who's just or gal who has had a cool premise but then couldn't figure out the vehicle in which to tell that through the character that's interesting. I think what well when you said that one recent book comes to mind was is that undiscovered country. It's like that seems like something that they like. What would happen? Wouldn't it be cool if we had this world? And then you know, and then the whole book is built on this really cool premise. And then the characters themselves, I'm like, I don't even, I can't even keep them all straight. They're so generic and they're so, you know. They don't stand out to me mm. at all. So all you got is this really cool structure with really nothing inside. Yeah. You know? I think it should always start off with, I guess it just depends on a writer's approach, but the, the seed should always be a girl or guy struggling with or against boom. And then and we're going to take that and we're going to put it in this world. Boom, or in this premise or with these constraints, whether it be like in this world, there are you know, no dicks. Or whatever it is, you know, whatever weird, wacky thing they want to do <laughs> with it. But I think that that core seed should be a uh, guy or gal or dog or whatever it is struggles with or struggles against this, and then put it into a weird, wacky vehicle or a dark vehicle or whatever. Choose a yeah, genre. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I just think we'll, we won't ever see it happen because that that's going to hit their bottom line and their profits so much to to reduce one of their most famous characters down to nothing. Um, yeah, but. <laughs> Like I said, Wolverine's going to be the measuring stick because if he comes out hot and his book is solid, that's I mean they're already I'm already hyped for it because they're bringing back Omega Red. Like they're bringing back villains. Oh, cool! Oh, I love that idea. You haven't loved seen that or idea. heard of from years, and and it's a you're seeing a different. You know they set it up where you're seeing a different side of Wolverine because now you you've seen how he is in Krakoa and how he's more how he's not as enraged and now you're kind of, you're getting a different Wolverine meeting all these old enemies and, and kind of forcing him back into to the, his, his, you know, 
angrier or more violent past. And so it, it'll be interesting to see what they, how, how that does. And I think that's going to be the perfect measuring stick because they said they took Wolverine out of the game, not completely because they gave you old man Logan, but they, they took your, it's not the same, at right? All. <laughs> it's not the same, but part of me kind of wonders too, like you got all these new people coming into comics every day, like getting, trying to get into comics every day. When does it get confusing when you have like five or six different Batman titles and, or, you know, he's in, he's in justice league and he's in all this stuff. And even like the, the X-Men, the X-Men is a perfect example. We talked about this. You have all these different X books. And, and I was telling Travis and comics when we were on comic exposure tonight, I'd love to hear him and uh, Josh go back and revisit uh, you know, what their thoughts of are of the stuff after house of powers of X, because and he asked me, can we, you know, all the books, can you just read them? No, you got to kind of read every single t- issue to... You can't just read the main X-Men right, title so much. Right, because yeah. it's that overarching story because something happens in, in the main X-Men issue and then it's it carries over to the other books and then concludes and then the next issue of, of X-Men, they're on to something else. So it's like, yeah, you got to kind of read them because they fit together. So it's, it, it's so, it's so like... I don't know, convoluted and, and there's, there's so much in it right now that it's hard for a new fan to just jump in and be like, I want to read, I want to get into it. I want to read this book and and here we go. You know, there's so much you got to read to keep in these stories and and like everything's tying in with each other. And it's, yeah, I just think as devil, as devil's advocate on that, I will say that when I got into comics, it took a while. X-Men in the 90s was was my jam, as it was for many, many, many people uh, in our kind of age range. Um, and the convoluted storylines, putting the work into figuring those out, buying the titles, making the connections, was part of the enjoyment of it, the puzzle. Now that I'm older, I just want good stories, but continuity and piecing together a universe was one of the reasons that endeared me to comics. That side of me is gone. So I just want a, a good story. Um, but I'm sure there are people that one of the reasons that they enjoy comics is that the work they put in, unfortunately that leaves a lot of people in the dark getting in that first step just becomes so much harder like, I don't really watch professional sports. And part of it is because I'm like, it's just so intimidating trying to figure out. I'm like, oh, my God, so much to keep up with stats, players, all this stuff, you know. Uh, and But some people who love sports, that's one of the reasons they love it is because it is work. It is a passion project. I don't want a passion project at this point. I, I, that's what the podcast is for. I want to read good stories. You know what it, you know what it comes <laughs> down to, right? You know why, in my personal belief, why it is that we're no longer into because I'm the same way. I when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I loved those overarching stories, and now I can't stand them. Money, yeah, yeah. comes down to money. Yeah. You're not spending your parents' money anymore. You're spending your money. So now and it's space. like yeah, space, space. <laughs> you're keeping it money. all, and so you're like, man, I don't really know if I want to buy these 16 issues. Uh, you know, like like we'll use the last the most recent Carnage event for for uh, oh, a good yeah. example. Like there was like. 20 or 30 different tie-in books and you're like man i gotta have all these tie-ins and but then you're sitting there and you're like it's your money in your pocket you're like damn like do i really need this book or do i really need this tie-in or am i gonna really you know 
you start picking shit. My my dad makes fun of me for that all the time. Still to this day, he you know he makes a comment. Oh sure, when you're spending my money, you got no problem making a choice and choosing what you yeah. want. But when it comes to or he'll he'll use it to like soda or something. He's like, oh yeah, when you're spending my money, you know you have no problem getting Coke, Pepsi, or Dr Pepper. But you know when it's your money, it's it's Dr Thunder or or <laughs> RC Cola. You know it's it's like all right, and that's how it is with comics. Like it's like. When it was, I was spending my parents' money. I didn't care. I had to have it. You couldn't tell me otherwise. And now that it's my money, it's like, ooh, do I really need it? Do I, you know, how much? Right. You know, I think that's, that's what a good it, point. That's what it, it accumulates to is now you're spending your own money, and you're like, how much of that do I really need? And then, you know, the, the price of comics comes up into it too. Like, I can understand when they were two ninety nine. Like when DC did Rebirth and they reset, it was two ninety nine. That lasted what like. A six months to a year, if that, and yeah. then it's, that's three ninety nine. And now they offer you two different covers: one on shitty paper for three ninety nine, and then one on uh, thicker paper for four ninety nine. And everything, they're way cooler looking yeah, too. <laughs> and everything Marvel puts out now is is cover price is four ninety nine or just about. And so, if any Marvel releases any new number one, it's guaranteed to be a four ninety nine. Oh, they yeah. have the audacity to charge ten ninety nine or nine ninety nine for some books, and. Like the um, what was that the Marvel storyline that came out a couple of weeks ago? That was thick. It was like a ten dollar book that Corbin was complaining about. That nothing happened in it. Oh gosh, I don't even remember what it's called. Regardless, but so yeah, you know they're charging all this money and you're paying it, and then you get home and you're like, this book fucking sucks, and you're like, yeah. I wish I could get my money back. Like I'm disappointed yeah. that I even spent. Like I made the comment a few weeks ago, I'm going to start flipping through books and, and really looking at it when I go to the comic shop because I'm sick and tired of buying books off the rack and they're just hot garbage. Like you read them yeah. and you're like, why did I even waste my money on this? Yeah. The, you know, but the, the, the crossovers and all the, the tie-ins, they are getting way more ridiculous. I remember, uh, you know, Travis talking about X-Men in the nineties, you know, um, I remember like like Fatal Attractions. I, mm-hmm. I got on right when that started, and then like uh, Age of Apocalypse and like Phalanx Covenant. The, but those it was just the X Men titles, and the 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 flagship books were the arc. You know, the, right? The, those all right, three books. Yeah, yeah. You didn't three have books. Uncanny X Fact and all that stuff going on. Plus more stacked up on top of each other you know like like age of you apocalypse didn't, you, didn't ha- you didn't have to read generation x to get you know these the story arcs yeah. yeah they all they were all pretty much self-contained and then that was the big event is when they crossed over had a character crossover right and that only happened know? like once every couple every of four years, years. Yeah, three, yeah yeah now it's like every yeah, other every couple of months it seems is it the i think i age apocalypse was probably the epics of uh of this is what the X-Men are. Then they tried to do it with what was um Onslaught was next, or was oh, it yeah. the, no, <laughs> it was like the yeah. back the bat bastion one that was a super sentinel one, and then it was yeah, and then it was Onslaught. And after Onslaught, I was like one, I think I was at that point, I was probably like 16 or something like that. And I'm like, I I, I don't I want to spend my money as Matt was saying, oh, now my money has more value to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spend it on this. I have limited resources. Uh, but I think there are people in, in the comic book world, and this isn't a dig on them, even th- these sound like negative terms, that are still like elitist and completist, where they want 
to have everything that's that if, if there's eight X-Men titles, they got to have them all. And also there's a sense too, that they're like, you know what? I put a lot of hard work. This is, this is something that I love. And there are people in a tribe that likes this stuff. So if you can't put the work in to do this, then we don't, you know, then comics aren't your thing. Um, but fortunately enough, there are those types of comics and then there are other types of comics. So there's a little bit of room for everyone but sometimes I feel like, oh, it would be great to jump back into Wonder Woman. But I'm like, ugh, it's a lot of work. It would be great to jump back into, jump back into X-Men. In ugh, your opinion, though, money. too, how much of it is the lack of originality? It, right. Do you ever feel like you ever read a book and you feel like, like I did it last week with, with Batman, James Tinian's Batman. You read a book and you're like, I've read this before. I've seen this before. <laughs> Yeah, you know, paint by it, numbers. Yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no originality in 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 this stuff, and I understand like being in 2020, it, it's hard for originality. It's hard. It's hard to come up with an original idea now that someone else hasn't come up with already. But it just feels like there, it's just rehash of the same stuff. And yeah, you know, like the most original. Mm-hmm. I think I think the the closest thing, and I might be wrong that you're gonna get to originality right now is what Hickman did with the X Men moving them yeah. to Rico and removing them from society and all that. But even now, like it's, it's to the point where, okay, that was all good, but where, where are you going with this? Like, what is go, where are we going with this? Like we're on what, like issue six and seven of all these books. And it's, it's kind of like you still, we still don't really know where they're going with this. We've had some cool <laughs> stuff happen, but like yeah. you're still not, you still kind of feel like you're you've got no direction on anything i i think that another going off of that one of the reasons you know that cookie cutter paint by numbers thing is because it is comfort food uh, like people who like clive custler novels i mean they're the same novels there's yeah. millions of them you know uh it's just like i know what I get, i'm gonna get it's comforting it's 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 part of your life routine is to get these types of stories. And so there is that. I mean, you're not getting, you know, Harlan Cobain stories are going to be, they're all kind of the same story. Um, we've been reading these characters for a long time, guys. We've been reading. It's like, you know, it's tough. It's, it's, t- I want original stuff, but then I also feel like it's tough to demand as a fan. Like I want new Spider-Man stories, do something different. They're like, well, you've been reading it for 30 years. It's, it's it's tough to find something that you haven't read in 30 years that we haven't already done. I'm like, you do it, Marvel. I don't want to hear but, excuses. Well, but then you get people that do that, and then and then you got, and I mean no disrespect, but you know, you got people like Corbin that are like, that's not my Batman. Sorry. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You get people that try to do something different or original, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But personally, I applaud. Anything that, that anyone that tries to take to take some, you know, IP somewhere new, different, um, whether it's good or bad, I at least give them the effort, you know. But so there's a lot of people that are like, no, I'm out. You know, they just have to do it with sincerity. As long as there's sincerity in what your vision is, that's good. If you're just trying to make, you know, Bruce Wayne gay because we ran out of ideas, then I'm like, oh, but, you know, if it's if it's something where you're like, I have a vision. I don't know if it's going to work, but I will give it a hundred percent. I've worked this out. Give me the ball. Well, I agree. I think what Jay was saying, I think a lot of that is, is the fandom too, because like, look, I, I personally think one of the best things out right now is, is JJ Abrams and his kids Spider-Man story. Like that's a different take on Spider-Man that we haven't seen. Very before. Different. Yeah. And it's a very dark. And I, 
and I, I think the universe itself is almost as interesting as the characters or the story. Like the universe they're building is, is I would love to, I've, I've said it, I want to see more done in this universe. I'd love to see more played out in this sandbox. And, but people are, that's not my Spider-Man, right? It, it got written off from the get-go. And the other thing that far, uh, hurts them is it keeps getting delayed. And like the next two issues have been delayed again. And it's oh, just like, crap. like it, it, to me, it, it's so good because it's, it's a it's original ideas and it's it's a fresh take on the character, but it just people aren't giving it a chance. And I think I think creative team too has a lot to do with it. Like I would love to see fresh new creative teams come in and take over books. And you got to quit giving if, if we're going to advance, you got to quit giving them to. I understand Chris Claremont's a great writer. I understand George Perez. You know, all, all these old school guys. But it's time to move on, and you got to kind of bring in fresh blood, and and don't be scared. And that's, I mean, that's kind of why I I applaud Marvel with with their X Men stuff right now because they're giving that, they're doing that, they're giving those those new young artists chance to come in and and work on books. But you got to give writers like Cena yeah. Grace came out and he he took he took a concept with Iceman being gay and, and built him up and ran it with it and gave him a backstory to it. So, you yeah. know, it, you got to get that fresh blood in there. And yeah, even Scott Snyder, when he was a short story writer mm-hmm. who wrote a short story about superheroes, that was like superhero esque. And then he, he's this huge, great addition into the comic book world, you know, as a writer, there's a lot of young kids writing in college right now. And, and uh, they've got some really cool ideas. But then you get yeah. you, you catch twenty two is you get guys like Brian Michael Bendis who were who was a fantastic writer for Marvel. He could do no wrong at Marvel, but he used to jump to DC and now his stuff sucks. Like his Superman yeah. stuff is terrible. You know, it, he's I don't mind it too much. He's not. <laughs> it's not the same. Like this is a guy who gave you Miles Morales, one of the most popular yeah. comic book heroes. This is a guy that killed Peter Parker. In front of it, in front of his his aunt May, you know, like yeah. in in front of the city, like he did dirt, he got dirt down dirty and killed in front of his community. Like he took chances, like he gave us, you know, Ultimate Spider Man. He gave us um, all new X Men. He gave us some pivotal stuff, and then he he goes over to to DC, and his, his stuff isn't good anymore. It's just it's mediocre yeah. at best. Yeah. And I'm okay. People, some we we tend to forget that we te- we tend to separate the human from the writer, right? In the sense that if we look at our own careers, there's always a period in our career where we're just hot. We just can't miss, no matter what we're doing. You're just like five years. I'm year still period. waiting on that period. People get I'm still, wait, I'm still <laughs> waiting for that one it's to coming, come. It's coming around. <laughs> it's coming around the corner. We just can't. You just can't miss. Now, some writers or some directors or some whatever it is are able to sustain that, and and that's a rarity. I think that as creators you're one you're lucky enough to be blessed with even that hot run even that like i am just in a creative like groove these five years and let me just go 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 and it has to do a lot of things that are happening in their personal life it has to do with things like health can affect all that stuff um and so the longevity not of a writer but of a writer a writer's creative you know peak uh, and Brian Michael Bendis is an example of that. I, I think he's a talented writer, but those—it's probably just by comparison that it seems like it's not 
as strong. You're like, uh, some of it's like, uh, he's, he could tell a decent Superman story, but it's not as good as the stuff that he was doing over here. And yeah. Um, yeah. But again, as people who are paying money to see this stuff, you want their best. <laughs> you're like, right. give me your yeah. best. Yeah. Yeah. He did lay some eggs at Marvel though. I mean, Civil War Two was yeah kind of stunk up the room. Well, that, good, that's the other thing I was going to say is that it, comics have become nothing but event stories now. So you know, it's like, oh, we're, our sales are down. Let's have a Civil War Two. You didn't need a Civil War Two. Civil War One was already a masterpiece. You don't need to. Yeah, Civil War One gave us the the reveal of Peter Parker. It gave us the death of Captain America, like civil war one already con contributed so much to the history of comics. You don't need a second one because the second one, what did it contribute? What did it add? If you're going to do, Nothing. if you're going to do a sequel to something or, you know, you wanted to add something to the original and it, it didn't. And I think the only that's... thing, the only thing that really came out of civil war two that I can think of on top, off the top of my head was, uh, Tony Stark dying. But that sent that into a downward spiral that the Iron Man books still haven't recovered from. Well, and like you in know. the Marvel did that event where they erased the <laughs> Ultimate Universe and they had like all these different, the, you know, the different universes were different areas in, in a map. And that lasted, what, all of six months before they, they re rebooted again? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you reboot with, well, we're, reboot with, we're only going to have X amount of titles. And then those grow substantially more it, it's just like they never follow through with what what they say they're going to do so i don't know as a comic book fan i, I like to bitch yeah rabble, well, rabble, 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 rabble. maybe it's just i mean the fact that you know all these these the big two you know they're or, they're owned by corporations and you know you could i guess you know you can see where the sales are highest. well sales are highest here when we start a new event you know, or sales are highest when, you know, we come up with number ones, you know, so let's reboot and let, you know, it's, it's just, there's such, such corporate moves. It's, yeah. Corporations that produce art are tough because it's like the old patron system. We're the patrons, you know, like yeah. uh, it, when Shakespeare wanted to write, it's because he was the patron of, you know, people and these writers, Byron and stuff like that. People and so they wrote stuff that they know their patrons were gonna like, right? They wrote Henry V. Why? Because he's related to you, King, you know. Uh, and so when the corporation looks at it, they have to kind of group all these fans together, look at what they're buying, and then be like, give them more of that, I guess, you know. But then at least we get sometimes they'll be like, Yeah, hey, do you do do your passion project? Because that's it's still gonna be good for we, we our bottom line's taken care of. Do your passion project. Maybe it will become the new bottom line if it takes off. That's like what Image does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? like, great. Throw a lot at the wall, and then what's? It, oh, we only need one. We only need one every two years. <laughs> one well, every two years. That's what we were talking tonight on on Comic Exposure. You were you were asked me. You 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 brought up the thing about you know do you want an on long a long ongoing series or do you want like six issue miniseries. And I think that's, that's oh, what interesting. Image does, I think, fantastically is it gives you six issue miniseries. And if it's a and if it's a hot seller, you get you get a second volume. You get yeah. you know more. And if it's not, that's that's all you get is that six. Sometimes all your story only needs six issues. Yeah. Like Mark Marlon like does a lot of stuff in six issues. That's fantastic. 
Tokyo Ghost was a good one that I really liked. I hated that, that book. It had, you didn't I like you didn't like book. Tokyo Ghost? Oh I gosh, hated that book. I love Sean Murphy, and uh, I like that book a lot. I hated. That well, book. that's it. All right, bye, bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that book was terrible. But you know, I'm sure there's a lot of books I like that you think are bad. So but, all of them, Matt. All yeah, of all them. of them. Oh, say a book. I'm going to disagree with it on principle. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. But I did, I don't know. We've talked about this quite a bit. I think we beat it to a, to a dead horse, but it's interesting getting everyone's opinion on, on kind of the fandom and you know, what, what, what's become of it. So my opinion changes so much on that too. Yeah. Like it depends. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. If I'm optimistic or pessimistic at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks like that. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, I, I'm the same way though. Like it's, it goes up and down back and forth. It's, it's all over the place. And the way I feel about something today, we do it all the time with, especially in the podcasting game, we do it all the time with our speculation. So we're like, I, I hate this person as, as this person. That's a terrible casting. And then you, you, the movie comes out and you're like, opinion changed. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, let's back that up. So it's it just, I don't know. The out, the, yeah. People get so out, like mad about that shit. And then it's like, it comes out and their opinion completely changes. So I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's such a weird fandom to be a part of. And there's so many layers mm. to it. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I always, the, the, co- the comic industry is always the base of like the, the my nerd dumb and i think right now i'm happy with it man i i never i'm I'm never short of good comics to read uh and that's that's the beauty of it it's just like i'm never even if i have to go back even if it's like even if i have to go back in time i'm always discovering something like this is good like outcast there it's been out since 2014 i just read this week i'm like this outcast is now there for me. If I want to go read the eight volumes, I can read the eight volumes. Yeah. If I choose not to, but I go, there's good stuff out there. Right. You know? Yeah. And of course you've always got those classics. You go back to V for Vendetta, Watchmen, Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Like there's always this... Tokyo Ghost. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> there's those masterpieces you could fall back on that, you know, it'll never, no one could ever write that again. So. Yeah. Yeah. But like Travis was saying, it, but they're always, <clears throat> especially even if you go back like ten years, there always seems to be the thing that you missed. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, oh yeah, that that flew under my radar. You know, I should go back and you know that did get a lot of review, good you know critical review. Maybe I should check that out or whatever. You know, there's yeah, there's always it's always something to read, and they it ages better than other forms of storytelling. So yeah. last uh, uh, Couch Crunchers last week, I was talking about I've gone back and started rewatching Mad About You. I rewatched the first season of Mad About You, <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, the story's good. But there's so many things that like date it and things like that. Comics, there's less of that. There's less because I mean, it's art is a style. Dialogue is dialogue, no matter what time it is. Now there's some pop culture references in there, uh, but. Uh, it's it's great you can go there is the ages gold uh, the ages dated like golden age silver age you start oh, to yeah. see things like that but really from like the 1980s to today you can go back and find something that's just as timely uh as if it as if it was a new book well how much is that is, is that is, is your maturing of your palate though because like mm-hmm. when you're a kid when mad about you was on the 90s you you know you were 
probably weren't even. It was, a it was in the background. Yet. Yeah, it was in the background. Yeah, yeah, it was in the background, and you remember it as being on like mom and dad watching it as you were walking through the living room or something, you know, or yeah, playing with your figures and the and you know whatever. And now you go back and watch it, and you're understanding it, and you're watching it through the the, the eyes of an adult, and you get the references, and you get mm -hmm. the more mature you know, uh, complexity, complexity to it. And yeah. same with some of these books, like you go back and it was like, at the time you were, you were six and didn't care. Like all you wanted to see was, was Spider-Man fight Venom. Like you didn't care about the, the deep down, like political or social issues that the book was tackling. And now that you're older and you can appreciate that it's, it's like, you're seeing it, like you said, you're seeing it through completely new eyes. Right. Yeah, no, Absolutely. A great example of that one is one I absolutely love. I revisited about 10 years ago was Northern Exposure. That's a good oh, show. Yeah. <laughs> Northern Exposure was a good show. Yeah. So like, like V for Vendetta, I, I didn't care about that book for the longest time. And then oh, yeah, I got older, went back and, and reread it. Even Watchmen. Like you, you, I feel like I didn't appreciate that movie until I was older or that book until I was older. So it's just, I think oh, yeah. it's, it's all in where you are at that time and age when that comes out versus where you are now. Like, I don't think, I don't think, do you think comics today are more aimed towards little kids? Or do you think they're more aimed towards adults? It depends. I was, yeah. I guess my gut instinct would say uh, adults, but I don't have my finger on the pole. I don't go into the shops, so I don't get to see the racks and, and get a sense of like, there's a lot of kid stuff out or there's a lot of, you know, lady death boobs around or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it's the big two are aimed more towards kids to where your image. I think IDW, IDW is a, they're a, a, a an interesting company that I think you need to keep an eye on in the next couple of years because they're doing, they're kind of doing the both. They're doing the, the kind of kid stuff with the turtles and the the you know the power or not power Rangers, but yeah the Power Rangers and turtles and Transformers, but they're also giving you some more adult themed stuff now. And mm. Image is very adult targeted with a lot of that oh, yeah. stuff. So I you know ID what's the other well there's another one IDW's killing it lately. They're I think they're one to watch. They're going to be a huge company I think in the next few years. Boom! If they, if they keep going, boom! Yeah, boom with Power Rangers like. Boom too. Like they have the kind of that kid stuff, amateur stuff. They got a little bit of something for everybody. So I just think part of me questions how much longer will the big two be the big two? Who's going to step up? Will anyone step up to take them over? I don't know, man, but I think, <clears throat> I think it's, it's, they're going to come before there's any change They're They're, it's going to get way worse <laughs> before it gets better. Yeah. You know, it just seems like, you know, corporations, marketing structures uh, and, and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's very hard to topple. It's very, it's very hard to, to prove the numbers wrong, you know, but, but eventually they, you know, it will. So it won't happen until there isn't a buck to be made somewhere else. Yeah. If someone can't go, <laughs> well, I'm going to put out this comic property and sell it and, you know, it's going to make me a million dollars and I can make movies off of it and franchise it. You know, <clears throat> when that's no longer a thing, that's when it's going to, it's going to course correct. And I, and I've been saying it for a while. I personally think that there's going to be a course correction coming in comics sooner than you think. And I, I, think, <coughs> I personally think that 
eBay and, and a lot of that stuff with how in the, the speculation market are going to be the cause of it. It's because of how quickly people get catch on to books and how quickly they cool off. Like the market fluctuates so much. There's just, it, it, that's, that's what it seems like DC and Marvel's thing is, is like, Oh, if our books are cooling off, let's throw a new first appearance in there. Like six months ago, are you shit? Even three months ago, nobody was talking about Batman beyond. And now it's, it's one of the hottest books in comics. Why? Because they introduced a new character and they made hmm. it connected to an old character that people love, you know? So it's just like, whatever you got to do to sell books, I guess, whatever, whatever sells more sex, sex sells <laughs> more uh, Travis on podcasts. That sells too. We can, no, I was just thinking about, I'm like, we should write comics. I just want to write comic books. Do it. Dude, I would totally <laughs> write, it, write it. But it's the whole art thing that yeah. stumbling block for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's ways around it though. If you want to read comics, write a comic. Dude, go on. Yeah, you can go on DeviantArt. You can find artists that that'll work with you. It's yeah. just you got to have having to do. pay them. And I mean, I've yeah. I've actually written a few. If you do you know, good work, you don't you don't do whatever you're good at for free, right? If you're good oh yeah, at of course. Don't do it for free. But that's the thing. It's like. I, you know, I would never expect to have anybody do it for free, but I don't exactly have the money to pay well, right. somebody decent. Well, that's why you just find someone who's up and coming and work out a deal. Hmm. But it's out there if you want to do it. I would love to do comic books. I would love yeah. to do it. And it's so much easier now, too, with self-publishing and, and Amazon and all that. But Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you could even... I mean, doesn't uh, Comixology have has a huge like independent section of self-published books. Um, I've, I've gotten quite a few off Kickstarter that I really loved. But you yeah, know, yeah, a lot of that, that but that's the question I too is a lot of that independent stuff doesn't get backing from shops and if you, or diamond, if you're not getting backed by diamond, you're, you're dead in the water. So it's more of a calling card, like something that you, you have a product that you can, you can market around yeah. uh, to, to people, you know? Yeah. All right, well, I think that's that's a good place to to jump off tonight. I think that was a good conversation and really deeper into comics than we normally get on here. So I appreciate that, Travis. I appreciate yeah. you jumping in and, and filling in for everyone when they bailed out. I know <laughs> everyone just at the same time, just simultaneously bailed out. I was folding clothes. I was about to go on a run. I had this on here, and then like everyone's like going goodbye. I'm like, oh, guess we're guess we're ending early night, and I'm like. <laughs> It's like, like I gotta tag save me in. this. Yeah, tag me in. Save this. You're you're always welcome on the show, man. Plus, I haven't I haven't got I haven't got the chat with Jay in forever. I haven't. Right. We've been cross paths on podcasts. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. But um, yeah. All right, guys. I'm gonna let you go ahead and tell uh, Jay. I'll start with you. Tell people where they can find you, man. Um. Well, I have. Uh, I'm a co-founder of, of a music blog called Audio Ammunition, and we also have a podcast by the same name, and it's on all the all the podcatchers. Um, podcatchers. If you go to do audioammunition.blogspot.com, you can find it there, as well as independent music reviews, uh, uh, review or uh, interviews with with independent bands and uh, stuff like that. And I'm also I also do a podcast with Matt called Tales of the Spinner Rack every Tuesday night. Yeah, we have to get you on one of those. I know it's it's hard with the time difference, but 
have to get you. Yeah, on that and the weekly books. I don't. Yeah, I guess I read them digitally. What? Um, you read them digitally, Jay? Yeah, if, if, uh, if if um, if someone's going into audio ammunition, do you have like a like a favorite, like a, an app or something? That, like, hey, you know what was a really good one? I really liked that was recent that you can. I'm gonna go for a jog. I'm gonna put in some audio ammunition. What should I do this thing to? Well, we just did our uh, the podcast with our top uh, top ten records of 2019, where we we talk about that. Um, that's so one. that's that's pretty fun. That was a fun episode. Yeah, I can get some new stuff then. Perfect. Yeah. All right, and Travis, what about what about you? Tell oh. us all about comic exposure. Yeah, well, I've been on a couple of times, so I'll keep it short. Comic exposure. It's like a. Uh, I mean, I use the word comics. It's like a book club. It's kind of like a literary circle. And <laughs> 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 now, uh, yeah, go check out comicsposure.com or the major podcast platforms. Check out the last episode. It's up. It's fresh podcast. Matt's on. He's talking everything outcast. We had a good conversation. A lot of talk on one book on one volume for an hour. So without no very limited spoilers in there. So if you haven't read it and you're thinking about it, you can listen to the podcast. Maybe that will intrigue you to go pick it up and go read comics. Yeah, absolutely. I gotta, I gotta say again, thanks you guys for having me on. It was fantastic. I loved it. Um, yeah. Hopefully, can be on again real soon. You yep. guys have a great show. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun talking comics, just breaking down comics like that, and you know, yeah. a certain volume. And Jay and I do it on on uh, on Spinner Rack, and it, it's fun talking about the weekly readers. But there, you're yeah. kind of being more more judgmental on on the good and bad. And yeah. this was just, it was just fun dissecting. A, a, a volume of of a storyline so that was a lot yeah, of fun it's it, it's it's fun to love a comic it's fun to sit and love it for an hour you know yeah. just sit there and just <laughs> consume it <laughs> so but um yeah guys definitely go check out travis on comic exposure check out jay every wednesday or every tuesday night on uh tales from the spinner rack with me and as well as checking out uh, audio ammunition. But guys, if this is your first time finding us on YouTube, please make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. If you're coming over from audio ammunition or uh, to our uh, comic exposure, thank you guys for checking us out. Welcome. Uh, if you feel like you, we give you the content that you would normally expect from your normal, where you can see in podcasts, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Um, yeah. If you find us every Friday night here, What's your guys' schedule like, Travis? What do you guys release? Uh, it's either uh, Saturday or Sunday. Sporadic, right? Yeah, yeah we're not we're not as good. Jay's like as once every three months. We do we do once a month, <laughs> but all we there can muster up consistent. consistent. <laughs> That's all you need is once a month, right? Um, and if you're listening to this on Monday on any of your podcasting platforms, please make sure to leave us a review as it helps us a ton in the analytics. I want to say a special thanks to our newest. Uh, Patreon, Max Bender, thank you for donating and supporting the show. We greatly appreciate it. Guys, for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I am Matt. I'm Jay. I'm Travis. And we'll see you guys next time.